0: We're doing villains now, I'm Dracula.
1: an MTV Movie Awards podcast where we look at the various films nominated for MTV Movie Awards and various categories and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert.
0: And I'm Ben Grigg, a foremost villainy expert.
1: And joining us today, um, returning for her second time, yeah, an expert on yeah finishing essays with us a to go, but also a Tumblr expert, uh, Evie Stark is with us hey Hello. evie how's it going hi
2: i'm
1: doing well how are you yeah i'm i'm doing all right all right so so evie um you were last with us for our 50 shades of gray pitch perfect 2 episode i'm um, back in the kissing thing this is your first appearance on our kind of best villains which means have a fun new question to ask uh just starting off hot what is your experience with villainy, in movies or otherwise? Um,
3: well, you know, as a kid, obviously, villains are often very scary. <laughs> and I was an extremely anxious child. Um, to the point where, I think on my 10th birthday, then we went to go see Gladi with a Chance of Meatballs and Astro Boy, neither of which has really, like, scary villains. But I was absolutely terrified and couldn't sleep for a week after watching those movies. Um, so in general, I was not a fan of villains. I would say before the age of like fourteen, maybe thirteen, because I was too scared of them.
1: <laughs> Does Claudia and a chance with a chance of meatballs have a villain? I thought it was just like the machine.
3: I mean, it's the machine, I guess, and then it just becomes falling food, which was what was truly scary. Um,
0: And the mayor is kind of like a, he's like, a
3: great guy. Yeah, and I mean, in Astro Boy, I mean, neither of those had villains that scared me, they just had, like, conceptual nightmares of giant food falling from the sky, and the the, scariest uh, villain is overconsumption. Destruction of
0: capitalism, I
3: suppose.
0: Overproducing.
3: (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, then I think, you know, eventually, um, you know, I got on Tumblr and that kind of um, villain filled me.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you realize they were hot. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um,
3: you know, and now I write Bellatrix Strange fan fiction, so what can we say?
1: Actively or? I...
3: I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> you, ne- you never really stop. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. Well, today we are here to talk about um, yeah, Best Villain 2013, hosted by someone we're all familiar with, Rebel Wilson. Huh. Yeah. This must have been, like, pretty close to around the time of the first Pitch Perfect, or... We'll Maybe the... she was just coasting on her bridesmaid's appearance. She was
3: nominated for breakthrough performance. She won for breakthrough performance this year. Oh wow! Yeah,
0: this yeah this would be the More pitch, pitch perfect, perfect year.
3: Okay. Oh, and was also nominated for best female performance.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah. So she pulled an and Halfway, winning the year she was hosting. Um, wow, I had not. I forgot that that was true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wow! This is the same year that Anne Hathaway wins Best Actress at the Oscars. Oh wow! And then is makes the like fatal like character flaw of being excited that she won. I mean, yeah, we
3: truly hate women who get very excited when they win at awards shows. See also Taylor Swift around at the same time. Yeah. Oh man
1: that weird period where everyone's like eh and halfway we don't really like her and then she just disappeared for several years and came back and we're like oh right yeah we do like her like um... <laughs> yeah um oh yes this was held April 14th which is early for the like MTV Movie Awards um Avengers yeah, that... one movie of the year makes
3: sense i mean it, it, like in the times man of the year way it truly was the movie of the year oh yeah
0: you know i i even forgave them uh for stealing my idea of putting all the superheroes in the same movie Um, (laughs) i was so upset i got the idea while playing marvel ultimate alliance for the ps2 uh, a game where the a bunch of superheroes come together i was like they should make a movie of this and then i'm flabbergasted when i walk in and i see a poster on the coming soon uh walk at my local theater and I'm like, they stole that from me. That was my <laughs> idea.
3: <laughs> I mean, you're you're right. <laughs> yeah. like, should give any <laughs> they should have given
0: you royalties. They I at least put me somewhere in the credits. Give me my own title card. Put me put like a random footage of me in the logo <laughs> when it spins around. Yeah, uh, like, that's all I that's, is that so much to ask? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh man. Based oh, that's on so... a good concept by yeah exactly man i i haven't clocked i haven't really clocked it but i realized they actually did take away the little coming soon walk into like my local theater there's nothing on that wall anymore it's really sad i i miss that yeah Um, i don't i don't know why i don't know like if it just looked ugly or something but i liked i like because it was only room for four but it was nice to see what was coming up if i recognized it
1: oh yeah i guess i'm like i never saw a coming soon walk when i went to your local theater I guess the only posters are for, like, what movies are playing. So you can go, oh, that was Tom Hanks in Elvis.
3: (laughs) Exactly. That's why they're there for. Right. I did the same thing for um, Jamie Lee Curtis in um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I did not realize it was her until after I got out of the theater and saw the poster, yeah.
1: This was when Ben and I saw Elvis, he went in going, alright, it's Tom Hanks, then convinced himself it wasn't Tom Hanks, And then the next day, we saw a light year, and I was coming out of the bathroom, and he was walking back. He's like, "Did you know that was Tom Hanks?" I'm like, "Yes,
3: yeah, I'd I'd, yeah, I'd seen the trailer with her name in it, and then forgotten, and then was like, spent the whole movie going, that can't be Jamie Lee Curtis." So very similar, very similar. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. That was like exactly like Jamie Lee Curtis,
1: but there's no way that's Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: It's a testament to their performances. Yeah, uh...
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the Avengers won three awards this year, along with Silver Linings Playbook. Um, Pitch Perfect won two. Yeah. They also won Best Fight, was the other Avengers won.
3: Hmm. I mean, <laughs> I suppose.
1: <laughs> I guess the Battle in New York? Just... Like, that feels... Yeah,
3: I, I feel, yeah and it feels like... Can you? Call it says all of them
1: fight? versus Tom Hiddleston? I'm like...
3: It's just, like, a super cut of all the scenes where they, like, individually fight?
0: Yeah, I guess it is just, like, yeah, it's yeah. just, like, everybody taking their shot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't know. I've, I mean, I get it, but also, I don't I don't know that, like, I don't know that it fits the category. Like, they need to yeah. be more specific, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think so. I think it's one of those things where it's, like, it's kind of just the Avengers, and right. it's, like, We're going to put it in here, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: Oh, Best Fight has basically all the Best Villain nominees, and then also Ted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which we've also already covered. 2013 Best Fight run-through is going to be just a lot of, uh, see if any of our opinions have evolved.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and Ted's now the only one of those movies I haven't seen. Um, I'll have to... Oh, wow. I'll have to watch it at some <laughs> point. You didn't watch Ted just... Last Funny Ember? Just... No, I, I didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Huh. Oh, yeah. Best Kiss That Year was presented by Steve Carell and Amanda Seafried.
3: Huh. They, have they starred in a movie together?
1: They must have. They or feel like... like
3: someone who started a movie together, but I
1: don't. It know. feels like it's the stars of Ted and I don't know, Incredible Burt Wonderstone. Like, <laughs> sure. What do you have going on that year? <laughs> and then Best Villain was pre- presented by. Sorry, I just had to pull up her Wikipedia page, or I'm gonna get it wrong. Um, but Chloe Grace Moretz and Quvenzhané Wallace. Just.
3: Uh, there's a video. What is it that he? Of Jamie Foxx singing her name to some a tune of some song, um, uh, like I can't remember to like get people to like pronounce it correctly. Um, that was kind of viral-ish at the time when, you know, um, yeah. whatever Annie the version of Annie that they were in,
1: yeah, came out. She should have done it on yeah. Saturday Night Live, which was how I learned to pronounce Saoirse Ronan's name.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Well, her source's opening monologue is about her name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: I... <laughs> I like think of that song, and then Beck Bennett going on, just going, "Well, my name's hard too." It's like it's the back of a B, Just.
0: I I am of the opinion, and uh, my girlfriend, who's also like becoming a teacher, despises his opinion. But I I believe in phonetical spellings of anything all the time. Yeah. Um. I think if you can sound it out and you get it, I think it's fine.
3: Yeah, I think you. if you, like, you can figure out, like, I think her name is Phonetic. It's just that people don't... Yeah, not, yeah, not all
0: reference. names are phonetic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of yeah. those things where, like, if I pronounce this phonetically, is it going
2: to be wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah, like, you have to look up to make sure you're, like... Okay, it's not like a, There's not a silent letter in there somewhere, and you're like, yeah. okay, no, no, it's it's what I think it is. Yeah, means. exactly.
0: Like, like listen, I, I am, I am, you know, advocating for a just a complete phonetical approach to language. Like, eliminate silent letters. Sure.
3: I mean, you don't want an alphabet. You want like a logograph. Sorry, I'm yeah. a linguistics minor, so I, yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I don't even want an you alphabet. I want. This. Yeah, I want just just a box that makes the grunts and groans that you, you know to associate, <laughs> just like all audible. Uh, sure, oh, or at least, uh, or at least spelt how it sounds.
3: Yeah, I mean it's like hunja um, like the Korean, like not alphabet; it's a logograph. But like, it's like literally every character is one pronounced one singular way, and that is the way that that character oh. is pronounced
0: i like that i honestly that if i i feel like there's another solution to the problem i have of not being able to say names right (laughs) or words even
3: yeah yeah i mean you could yeah so just you know (laughs) yeah
0: exactly
3: just speak korean so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i did like because there was a long time yeah there was like a long time where i just didn't watch movies and like there were just so many great movies that came and gone, and I did I, in my brain. I never said it out loud. Thank God, but in my brain, it was it was Django, um, like for the sure. just forever, like sure, just yeah. because like never challenged, never anything, like
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, you never said it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: I I know. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, especially, I would do that all the time with words, where I would just pronounce it the way yeah. that it was written, like demonstrate what is it demonstrable i think was a word that demonstrable um or <laughs> yeah was it, it's
0: like demonstrable or something yeah well there's
3: yeah. demonstrable like demonstrable means that but for some reason there's also a separate word that sounds very similar but it's not the same <laughs>
1: <laughs> both of you are pretty young so you've always kind of grown up in a world where how to say hermione was like pretty common right. knowledge but before that first movie came out like
3: well that's it's why like... um um, Crum like, mispronounces it in the book because she was trying to get people to pronounce it correctly.
1: Oh. That's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just remember, I think I used to say, oh, like, Hermione, or like, just... Sure,
3: yeah. And then the <laughs> audiobooks, famously, the, before the first movie came out, pronounced it Voldemort, like, it French, for death. Um, and then the movies came out and established it as Voldemort. And then, uh, whatever it is, I think it's after the fourth book, um, the pronunciation changes.
0: That's a horrible way to pronounce Hermione.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Certainly, it makes things very
3: complicated.
0: <laughs> it's so
1: confusing. <laughs> um, anyways, my main thing with this best villain, like, presenter list is... Obviously, Chloe Grace Moretz is out there because like kick ass two or whatever. But like, sure. what is but what is like promoting? Like, Annie's a year off. Was this for Twelve Years a Slave? Like, I get well,
3: huh? That's true. I don't just... know.
1: <laughs> or may, maybe it was still off of her like success with Beast of the Southern Wild, Wild the previous year. But yeah, I don't.
0: Yeah, I... oh man.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah i'm like hmm.
0: i wonder if it was just like maybe it's just like oh wouldn't it be fun if like the younger kids did best villain or something yeah maybe i mean that's like kind your of youngest
1: up and coming stars like yeah it
0: just probably be funny that they're doing like the villains
1: yeah like yeah. obviously the best villain presentations were not as well preserved as some of the best kiss ones um sure
0: mm-hmm. yeah more of an afterthought
1: yeah Meanwhile, Ben, Best Latino Actor carried on for a third year so.
0: Oh my gosh, but watch this, well, maybe, I wonder wow. if it's been there the whole time and we just <laughs> haven't noticed.
1: Wait, that's,
3: <laughs> what's going on? <laughs>
1: um, oh yeah, so we established, like, because we always look through these categories and go, what'd be a good one-off to do? And, like, there was one a couple years back for like, Best Latino Actor where we're like, oh, wow, yeah, this would be fun, and then... Yeah, this would be a fun like one-off to do at some point maybe. And then last year we discovered it carried on again. So huh. if we did it, that would be ha- the only reason I would ever watch Pirates of the Caribbean 4 cuz Penelope Cruz got nominated. Yeah. But yeah, and now it's carried on a third year with Javier Bardem uh winning for Skyfall.
3: Wow. What what <laughs> yeah. Huh.
1: Penelope Cruz's husband. Yeah. Ooh. I don't think I actually knew that, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Uh, and Basilsa... future pirates villain. Oh, Ooh. is he the villain in five? He
3: is. He is is it... I don't remember I don't remember his. Is I he Blackbeard? No, Blackbeard's in four, because Blackbeard okay. is Penelope Cruz's dad, right? Or my confusing yeah. that. <laughs>
1: I again I love the first three pirates. I've never had any desire to well, I have been tempted to watch the like last because 'cause I'm like, I watched the first three, how bad can it be? And then everyone just tells me it's bad. So It's
3: I liked the fourth one when I saw it, but I have gone back and I don't think it's good. Yeah, it it he's not he is an original character named Armando Salazar okay yeah and he famously like has black bile spitting out of his mouth Um, Uh (laughs) only famously because they parodied it it parodied it in a funhouse uh let's play video uh that i've watched many
2: times
1: So, I'll say, before we go on, I do see one potential one-off. Summer's Biggest Team Bad, blank, or A, asterisk, asterisk, which Chloe Grace Moretz won for Kick-Ass 2 over Logan Lerman, Lily Collins, and Jaden Smith. Wow, that's a... Uh-huh.
3: Wow. I also forget when Mortal Insurance came out. Cause I didn't oh, get on the yeah, Mortal I... Instruments train until later, <laughs> so I'm like, is this...
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it came
2: out in Yeah,
0: I'm just like hovering over the hyperlink on Wikipedia, and I look at the poster, and I'm like, "Oh, that's the most like young adult looking movie I've ever seen in my life." Yeah,
3: it is basically kind <laughs> of uh, knockoff Buffy.
0: Uh, oh, I actually watched my first episode of Buffy a few days ago. Um, I had never seen it, and then I was when I was visiting a friend in Victoria, we watched an episode.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. The, which episode? Like the first one or
0: like... No, just a, uh it was the one where they went to prom.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, it was a good oh, one. I like it. That's
1: a
3: good one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like a bunch of bounty hunters and stuff. Oh, of course. I haven't
3: yeah. seen it, but I know that episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she has her class protector thing. Right. So... I mm. <laughs>
3: Uh, well right and then of course Mortal Instruments is written by Cassandra Clare who was a big fan fiction writer in the Harry Potter fandom during its early days uh,
1: before oh, wow. becoming a published nice. author yeah you know Well, that's interesting yeah so it's like so it's like 50 shades of gray but except The work was not literally just a reskinned version of the fanfiction.
3: Right. She just took like the character dynamics that she had for the characters in the (laughs) fanfiction and made them original characters. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like the the main guy in that is very clearly her interpretation of Draco Malfoy. Which, speaking of the last, you know a couple episodes with the Draco and Leather Pants phenomenon she's like a major contributor to that with like her versions of Draco Um,
1: yeah oh that's good to know because that is not going to come up spoiler alert in our like oh I guess no I guess that episode is out already but yeah yes (laughs) where I'm just like what's more to say about this Uh... yes
3: I Yeah. (laughs) And I think that that, I mean, if you want to start getting into the movies, I think that also really connects with Tom Hiddleston in The Avengers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been about 20 minutes, so it's probably a good time to get into it. (laughs) 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 So, for Best Villain 2013, the nominees are Javier Bardem, Skyfall, uh, Marion Cotillard, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, Leonardo DiCaprio, Django Unchained, Tom Hardy, The Dark Knight Rises, and the winner, um, as Evie gave away, Tom Hiddleston, The Avengers.
0: No way.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: This has been, I, so, I just realized that this is, I I also watched Inception in film class earlier today, um, which stars three of the nominees. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! I didn't, I didn't put that together.
1: Good thing Office Space lost that vote.
3: Just... <laughs> yes, there was a vote that came down to between Office Space and <laughs> Inception.
1: Uh, Much for... to the bafflement of our friend Moodles. <laughs> yes,
3: I didn't understand it either, because we were going to watch The Last Jedi, but then the professor was like, actually, I don't want to watch The Last Jedi, so we're going to do a vote between these movies that I brought. Um, and several other movies uh, lost, Gloria... The John Cassafetti's movie and Donnie Darko among them, and the final two were <laughs> said Office Space and Inception, <laughs> and the vote was tied between the two of them, and so uh, she had to flip the coin.
1: <laughs> it's really funny, huh? Um,
3: yes, I don't think the class yeah. will be that chaotic going forward, uh, but I am interested to see. <laughs> yeah.
1: Meanwhile, in my film class, our professor today showed us the same clip from Fight Club where Brad Pitt gives him a chemical burn, like, three times. Just going through different we? parts of the scene.
3: Yeah, it was,
1: well, maybe it was, like, just twice, but yeah, because it was, like, as an example of narration and how, like, the narration gets, like, pushed away. So once he explains he's like, see, we'll go back and show it again. It's like, okay. Um, okay. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Uh, so the Avengers. Uh, this is the second and last movie I got to see in a pure midnight release. Last because they stopped doing actual midnight releases. Um, following another movie, which we'll talk about a bit later. <laughs> but and uh, oh, an, oh sure. Yeah, after kind of yeah a tragic incident there. But this was a film I saw it at midnight. I remember it well. I tried to organize the thing with my friends where basically i I, t- I reached out to my one friend and friend is like yeah i'm in and then there were two others i had to reach out to who kind of both went to school together at the time and i reached out to one one and he's like oh actually w- me and like riley like our four friend are going on a class trip to vietnam and we're leaving that day so we're not going to be able to make the midnight showing and i'm like oh okay so i just did not bring it up to like our four friend but what uh, we later discovered is when I said, oh, yeah, the midnight showing, uh, the friend I had talked to was thinking it was like midnight, like mi- Saturday at midnight and not like Friday at midnight. And they would have been able to make it. And our forefriend just held it this against him for years. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, man. You pulled a real, uh, you pulled a real Newman, uh, booking <laughs> the room for, on the, on the millennium new year.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but yeah, Loki, um, as you said, very popular due to, yeah, largely due to Tom Hiddleston's portrayal of him.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was, I think it was a pretty good pick. Um, yeah, again, like. My my only, like, Marvel exposure was that video game, like, for the longest time before the movies came out, and then just, like, I feel like I had, like, a bunch of random comics that, like, I'm pretty sure there was, like, an uncle or a grandpa that was, like, here, have this big, like, box full of random ones. Um, I feel like almost none of them were, like, superheroes that anybody knows, <laughs> except for, like, one Ghost Rider one, but even that was, like, <laughs> at the time, it was, like, oh, okay, <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah. Like
3: your. Yeah, I like was a big fan of the Ultimate um Marvel comics, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men. Um especially before um this that was the main comics that I had read, which is probably inappropriate seeing as I was I was like 12. Uh <laughs> and some crazy stuff happens in those. <laughs> um but like I and I read like Civil War and then the first MCU movie that I remember seeing uh, was on my friend's mom's Blackberry. She had a pirated copy with hard-coded um, i don't I think Russian subtitles um, on her blackberry uh, and so I ended up at a park one day watching Iron Man 2 on my friend's mom's Blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> very, I I don't know how, I don't really remember how it ended up in that situation, but that was the first MZ movie I watched, and then eventually, so I watched Iron Man 1, and then I watched uh, Cap, Captain America and Thor, in, uh, like, the dollar theater, the second run kind of discount theater near us. Oh, nice. Uh, so that when The Avengers came out, I was extremely excited, and I got, I went to go see it, um. In theaters with, um, he was then my aunt's fiance, he's now my uncle, so they got married later that year. I, wow, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I saw it in IMAX. It was also the first movie I saw in IMAX. Great. I, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. It's been like a few years since I've seen uh, The Avengers before. It was as good as I remembered, which I was not expecting it to be.
1: Yeah. The Avengers is one of those films and that uh, I remember I've been pretty into like the MCU kind of going on, but it was after sort of the thousands where like basically it's just a bunch of random superhero movies and the ideas that they were connected was kind of revolutionary. So it was really a thing where I remember when the Avengers was coming out, everyone's like, wow, are they actually going to pull this off bringing together the characters of like Five, four or five different movies like together? I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. And it works. It... <laughs>
3: Surprisingly.
1: Yeah. It works really well. I, I was like re watching this, and it's funny because, like, the, the MCU is something where e- even among, like, I think normal people, I think in recent years it's kind of getting to a shine where it's like, okay, is this a little too much? Are they buying off more than they can chew? Is it. Is it all too samey? And this is kind of the last film, I think, before MCU formula really starts to set in.
3: Oh, it's also very... Like, it also... And it, I think it's kind of related, at least, is that this is the last MCU movie with a Paramount logo on it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Ben previously, Paramount still, like, had distribution rights to Marvel movies up to this point, And then after this is kind of uh, the, the formal launch of Marvel Studios as a full subsidiary within Disney
3: because yeah, they bought them in 2008 or 9 I think in 2009 but they it still had have... I think it was
1: yeah it was 9 okay yeah it was 2009
3: okay
0: i saw the disney studios logo at the end of the avengers and I was like oh was this when did that happen i thought that happened like well like at least partway into it But no, that happened pretty early on.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it was 2009. Like, Marvel Studios, like Kevin Feige, like, it it already existed, but yeah, it wasn't kind of the entity it became yet. Yeah. This is a film where I think you can see kind of the traces of the Marvel formula in it and, like, the witty banter and all the dialogue. But then there's also all this other stuff and you're like, oh, why couldn't they have copied some of the other stuff when, like...
3: And I feel like... I mean, other people have talked about this. Is that there is, like, civilians like individual civilians that they rescue <laughs> and that's something that just doesn't happen in mcu movies basically after this
1: yeah like notably yeah notably a big thing because there it was this movie and then man Seal the next year where everyone's like wow what's all with all these battles in populated cities so avengers age of ultron's big idea is okay, it's, the whole thing is they have to evacuate the city, they're gonna, like, go protect this city, which then gets dropped into, like, the ground. Um, but, or or whatever. And then after that, they're all like, okay, and now we all fight in warehouses or in mystic realms, and... Yeah. yeah. Or on
3: flying, or on ships.
1: Yeah, Uh, or it's, like, flying ships, and there's, and there's minimal, like, kind of, Damage to like infrastructure and stuff that people are actually using.
0: <laughs> Kenny wants to see more buildings blow up. Is what? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: he wants oh, to... more buildings. More... Like,
3: I mean, it puts stakes. I feel like like that creates more stakes. If there's people around that they're trying to rescue, and not just like abstractly trying to defeat this person in this CGI, you know, um, block yeah. space.
1: I love Avengers Endgame. I think it does such a great job, like, balancing over 20 movies and doing what Avengers does on a larger scale, and it sucks so much that, like, the finale of Avengers Endgame is, and now they find out this gray compound away from everyone. Like,
3: Yeah, yeah, it definitely, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it wouldn't even have to be Earth. Like, it doesn't really look like a real place anymore. Yeah,
0: it's it's a big... <laughs> zone yeah like it's just, it is yeah it is a a fight here
3: zone yes it is in a, a giant like gray arena <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i'll say it also is wild how much of this movie is just them hanging out on like the helicarrier
3: yeah it's great um i yeah i just like them being friends or becoming friends oh yeah oh
0: i yeah. like yeah i do i forgot how much of this movie there is just that like that like building distrust and like very like nobody knows
3: like why they're there or what's happening Yes, yeah, that the um, scene in the lab where they all the tension yeah rise is fantastically done yeah
0: and like yeah. yeah i i very much like it was a very much more a simpler time in the mcu i like the stuff that it's like going to do and like i don't know it's it's one of those things where like i feel like Marvel movies, they're probably gonna I feel like there's still got a couple more great ones before they're all done. Like
2: You're
1: holding though, out hope for Ant Man and the Lost Quantum. Eh?
0: I I really am. Um what you said though has really stuck with me that it like very much isn't an Ant Man movie. Um but i I also like I don't know, I feel like the like the original Ant Man is like very like low stakes and then the second one kind of it's, like, very similar-ish, but there's, like, going really tiny, small into the quantum room. And then also the girl who has phasing disease. um, yeah. yeah. Which, like, that, I think that was cool. I think it looked cool. I think, like, I think the MCU does have a real problem with not making things look cool sometimes. Um, yeah. But I like, I like the, I can't remember what her name was, but, like, the suit was neat. Which was, like, I liked it. And, like, yeah. the uh, the effect. Um, but, yeah, like... Well,
1: like I get the temptation of, okay, we've spent two f- films, like, talking about this quantum realm. Now we can do a whole quantum realm thing. But then it just seems weird to go, and now here's how we introduce our next big bad. Like, Jonathan Majors, Kang. Which, I love Jonathan Majors. I was watching um the film Devotion the other day, which is, like, this Korean War film, which... There's not much of a story at all. It's like, hey, look at these two pilots who were, like, friends during the Korean War and then one of them, like, crashed in North Korea and the other one, like, crashed his own plane in a failed attempt to save his life. Um, Spoilers for real history. But, like, Jonathan Major's, like... <laughs> I was just charism- catching up. <laughs> he's charismatic enough where you're like, like, oh, yeah. that doesn't matter that, like, this is basically just a Hangout movie that, like, you can't tell any sense of what the what the story is, and it was something where I'm like, "Hmm, I know he'll be better in Creed three, but yeah, it is kind of exciting that like we're to have his presence elevating Marvel stuff." I just you don't need that in an Ant Man.
3: No, I was just gonna say I, it feels like this is condolences for not getting to make the Fantastic Four movie.
1: Yeah, it's it seems like that similar concept of here's like crazy new worlds and four characters. Like, yeah.
0: I got my fingers crossed for this one. I don't know. I, I just really like Paul Rudd. Like he's what like carries these movies for me. And like, I hope that in the new setting it adapts well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I feel like, you know, I think Marvel has become so big that the quality is more, It's more of a crapshoot, honestly. (laughs) Um, Of, like, what's going to be, like, really, really good. Because, like, I remember coming back, I remember I watched, like, Thor Ragnarok and Ant-Man 2, like, back-to-back, and I liked Ant-Man 2 more. I don't know how that happened, but, but like, despite what I felt about them when they first came out. Um, So that's what I think is giving me hope for Quantumanium, is that, like, I feel like maybe I just vibe with the Ant-Man movies and the Ant-Man character.
1: Yeah, it's... Well, we'll see um but uh anyways back to the avengers It oh, it yeah. is interesting because as you said like this film literally lets its entire second act be a lot of tension building and sitting around and kind of after this point that changes so much that um famously avengers age of ultron threw up a lot of controversy because marvel would not let uh joss whedon include a bunch of stuff he thought was the heart of the movie about them hanging out on Hawkeye's farm, unless they also included a sequence where Thor goes into a cave and learns about the Infinity Stone.
3: Oh, I forgot about that scene.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, man, poor Joss Whedon. Mm. The last time anyone had any sympathy for him,
3: but... (laughs) Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and even in Age of Ultron, that I mean, like there are, there's that which you know they kind of tear in half, and then there's also the scene, um, like where they're just like all hanging out in the like penthouse apartment and just all like hanging out. But that yeah, like, I really I like that scene a lot. Yeah, I like it feels scene. much yeah. even then it feels much more sparse than in this movie.
1: And this one, I do like that it's a clean thing where it's like the first act, it's like okay, everyone's getting together, and then they fight Loki, and are like, huh, is that it? And the second act is just them all on kind of the ship and them, like, kind of just they've come together and then they sort of like fall apart. But you also get bits like, oh, Bruce Banner and Tony Stark, uh, Science Bros, which became <laughs> very big. And yes, it's, <laughs> yes. yeah, of
3: course, yeah,
1: yeah, or Robert Downey Jr. improvising that someone was playing like asteroids on one of the computers, which they then just oh. included. Yeah. Galaga, yes. Gal- Galaga, yeah.
0: Galaga, yeah. That's great. That is, that is a really funny scene. Um, yeah, I also like, I think one of my favorite, I think it's probably, unironically, like within my top 10 favorite scenes in the MCU, is just like the little grenade slap that Captain America does jumping the gap that one time. I don't know why. That's stuck with me for so long. When him and Iron Man are trying to fix one of the propellers, it's just like a moment where he like, jumps across the gap and he just slaps a grenade down.
3: It's great. It's. It's, really it's
0: wonderful. It's, I yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Um this is the film that kind of figures out Black Widow um after Iron Man 2 where it's like what is this character doing? Where something that maybe Josh Wheaton got a bit too much credit for where they're like, "Oh, he did the buffy thing again." But I think, like, this is maybe Scarlett Johansson's best performance as the character. Um,
3: yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, I, <laughs> I want to say it's the movie where she's given the most to do, which sounds yeah. crazy because there is a movie where she Called is- Called Black, Black Widow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I, I enjoyed Black Widow even, but- Oh,
0: man. She... I I did not. I It's mainly because- Oh, sorry, go yeah. on. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no. You don't
1: like that yeah. Nirvana song.
0: I honestly didn't like the opening. I was like, I like. here's the thing. I think there are things that I would have liked about the movie if it made different decisions. <laughs> I... <laughs> Which, like, That's I feel like... But I... Exactly. Well, no, I feel like there are things about, like, the opening and everything that, like, I would have retroactively liked if the movie had gone a different way, but I feel like because the movie was the way it was, I retroactively didn't like it. Um sure. my small my small Black Widow rant is that like I I adore, I love like found families and like this the story just felt like a very flubbed like didn't commit hard enough to like the found family. And like I think it's I think it's so well exemplified in like the post credit scene where it's um it's like Black Widow's like sister like type and, character. Yeah, and
3: yeah. Julia Louise Dreyfus.
0: I was, he was, I don't know who that other person was. I just, this, that was, it was literally like the Marvel meme of like the, the post credit scene is, it's, oh my gosh, yeah. McClunky, and then it <laughs> cuts to black. Like, that's what that felt like for me. Well, you um, should
1: have watched Captain America or <laughs> the Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
0: I'm getting there. I still have one episode of Loki left. I got to finish up that one. I've um,
3: only watched division, and I don't think that I will watch any other Marvel shows
1: you would like miss marvel i think
3: <sighs> yes i would but i would have to watch miss marvel and I also would absolutely like hawkeye but i'd have to watch hawkeye <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but um i just mean like the scene like at her gravestone would have been like such a perfect scene for like the mom and the dad to like meet her and like them to have just like a sweet moment that didn't need to set up anything that could have just been this nice moment and i feel like that would have even been enough for me to look on the movie more favorably. Sure. I just, I don't know. I want, I liked, yeah. I liked the family for wh- like when they were doing like funny hijinks, just the movie was not enough of that.
1: And truly, um, you don't even need that post credit scene for her appearance in Hawkeye to work. Like they don't even really reference it. It's just her going, oh, you're another target, but I'm also mad at you because I know you killed Natasha and then it becomes yeah. a thing, but,
0: Or yeah. like, or double dip, like have what I want and then have her show up after. I don't know. Like I just, it just felt super weird that yeah, it's like mid
3: credit scene is them, yeah, and then post credit scene they're still at the grave and then she shows up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they could
0: that would that would have been perfect. It's just like it's I just I don't.
3: I get what, I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't like the, like the the grave site of this character that like, you know, what was like one of like the one of like the main six, you know, the original like yeah. six is just spent on just another like here we're gonna set up a bunch of stuff scene it yeah. just felt like yeah
1: also my, little... my dad did not watch infinity war or endgame but he watched black widow and then after he's like what was that credit <laughs> stuff she died <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: <laughs> so funny <laughs> yeah why is this yeah i mean at that point you're like why is this 2014 yeah. like yeah. it seems very arbitrary that was very <laughs>
0: That was like yeah. when our friend Mac had not seen Infinity War, but we went Before to go see ant-, ant-, ant and the Wasp. Ant- and the Wasp. <laughs> and in the post-credits and he's like, what happened? Yeah, like, <laughs> everyone's
1: gone?
3: Oh my god. Yeah, we did, I, my mom and my um, stepdad watched through all of the MCU. And they watched them in chronological order. Um, so <laughs> they watched um, uh, Captain Marvel first. Uh, which really confused my mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be, wait. Wouldn't right, it be
3: sorry, Captain, second, America? Yeah, so Captain America? Yeah, they watch Captain Yeah, oh to... yeah. Then Captain
0: Marvel, you're right. You're right I'm right. not sure, I don't remember when World War II happened, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was sometime before Blockbuster.
1: Nin- 1998, 99, sometime in there. <laughs> sometime around there. <laughs> when was the glorious bastard set? <laughs> Didn't Hitler die in a movie theater?
0: Mmm, a Blockbuster maybe. <laughs>
1: so yeah tom hiddleston is very good <laughs> wow, as loki yeah absolutely yes he's very good yeah. i mean he's
3: you know oh he's yeah. character defining like the comics changed because they like like they basically de-ate like they killed loki and then de-aged loki into a kid and then had loki grow back up again to be- make him less of a complete villain to be more like tom hiddleston's character
1: yeah it's been I mean, Journey into Mystery was kind of doing that, but it did introduce right. uh, a fa- famously Journey into Mystery. Ben was this story about kind of Kid Loki, who was the reincarnation of Loki after the previous version, who was um fem- a female Loki, which I believe the character of Sylvie in Loki was based based on basically. But after ki- but after like she died, then it's Kid Loki kind of going well. Do I have to be evil? Do I have to be Loki? And then it builds up to this very tragic conclusion where he essentially is forced to, like, sacrifice himself. And then he's still a kid, but he's, like, kind of evil again. But then they do kind of backtrack that, so it's more of the, Okay, here's the anti-hero take, and suddenly he is a Tom Hiddleston-looking fella, like, who's older and just... Yeah, as you said, this is kind of one of those character defining takes where, I think Loki, as big as he is in Marvel comics, um, famously he is kind of the greater villain of the very first issue of the Avengers in the '60s, but he wasn't someone where everyone's like, oh yeah, let's write a lot of fan fiction about him until this, this film and the Thor movies came along.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this it definitely is like, um make sense of the time like this is like you know coming from like a tumblr from a fandom perspective like this is the same time as doctor who and supernatural and sherlock were also super huge um and so everyone was just ready for a um a british uh lanky man to <laughs>
1: who has uh, a brother to attach them.
3: yes exactly yes who has a hunky brother <laughs> <laughs> you know to attach to to uh redeem uh to cast um yeah in the kind of draco and leather pants roll, and to uh, uh, the phrase woobie um is <laughs> if you've ever heard of that <laughs> before <laughs> um, yes yeah just i mean it's like a character in a fandom that people want to like comfort um because they have had bad things happen to them. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, woobifying means to take a character and make them more, you know, redeemable, more sympathetic. And that was definitely something that Loki invited uh, in the same way that Draco did.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think it helps in this movie that Obviously, Loki is definitely the villain of the the piece, but he's not a very physically imposing character. Um, yeah. Very famously, I remember reading a review that described his uh, confrontation with Hulk as something out of a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> sure.
0: yeah. yeah, it is very much like that.
3: Yeah. Puny yeah. god. <laughs> great line. There's a lot of great lines in Avengers.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really, you know, it is, like, it is really amazing how much, like, it stuck the landing, which, like, considering that, like, yeah, this was kind of, like, the first time it had been attempted, like, I remember, I think I once, I think I, like, watched, like, a, uh, I was watching like, a review on YouTube or something, and they, they said that, like, this is gonna be a lot of kids is, like, Star Wars, <laughs> um, and yeah, I feel like it is one that just, like, um, it's kind of weird to look at it and then see how like, you know, how well they did stuff like um like Infinity War and Endgame and see this, but like I feel like this is like equally as impressive like for the time. And it's also like something that's like a little quieter and a little nicer and it's just like I feel like it is it's a really good movie. It's got really funny lines. I feel like it's able to kind of have those little cheeky moments without it being uh Kind of too overbearing, where it feels sometimes, but yeah, yeah. just a wonderful, wonderful yeah. little flick.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, one of the common like critiques of the MCU is always sort of, oh, that they don't have the iconic scores, they don't have the Spider Man theme, the Batman theme, and Avengers is always the one where the moment you bring that up, they're like, well, that doesn't count, but yeah, it it does, does do. count. Oh and
3: it's yeah, so good. <laughs> like this, I mean you know, the scene where they're all standing in a circle and it goes around them while the score swells is, like, iconic for a reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie we're introduced to Thanos, a fellow whose whole deal is he wants to court death.
3: (laughs) Exactly. You know? that's (laughs) his deal and that is what he's going to be about is he wants to date (laughs) the personification of death. Exactly. They. are
1: not gonna complicate <laughs> this at all, or like <laughs> try making a weird thing where people go, "Well, oh, isn't he kind of right?" Like,
0: just, <laughs> yep, not
3: at all. They're... Oh boy!
0: Oh boy! Listen, yeah. you saw the way he smiled when his little lackey <laughs> said that challenging Earth would would bring about death, and he's like, yeah. "Ha ha! I hope
1: so." Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. Like, to challenge them oh is to the court death, and that's <laughs> a. That's actually how I knew, because at first I'm like, oh, is this Thanos? And then mm-hmm. my friend who liked us not really the comics is like, who is this? I'm like, I think it's Thanos. And then when they said the court death, I'm like, oh yeah, no, it, it is him, because, well, purple, and, because up to that point, that was his whole deal, and then this movie also made Thanos, like, a much bigger character in the comics than he had been up to that point, because suddenly they're like, oh right, we have to, like, do stuff with this guy. Yeah, we can't um, just have him
3: be from that one comic run in the '90s if we're going to have him be the big bad in our ongoing movie series.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, do we have anything else to say about the Avengers?
3: Um. I mean, I think Loki is just a very good villain. Like, I think he does. Like, I think he's has a good. He's very menacing in the movie. Like, I think he does like the kind of condescension um form of like uh very well like the the scene in Stuttgart um especially where he just has like a very like a, a confidence and a swagger to him um when he just walks up to a guy and like tears his eye out to send the hologram to Burton <laughs> <laughs> that's fun
1: yeah <laughs> yeah he, he is this really like dynamic and and, and charismatic as much as, I think, by, by this point, well, this is definitely the year where the, it was the villain's plan to get caught, like, between this film and Skyfall is where sure. everyone's are going, okay, we get it. Like, and,
3: but. Yeah. And, of course, there's also, like, The Dark Knight, which then also has a sequel. Like, I mean, it's like, it's not, it isn't this year, it's whatever, four years earlier, but it's the same.
1: Yeah. It the Dark know. Knight is kind of the, like, thing that really, like, that I think really kicks off that sort of modern trend of it. And then by Skyfall, everyone's like, okay, we're kind of tired of this thing happening. right? And then... Mm. Well, if not by Skyfall, then definitely by Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, oh,
3: I forgot that that was also a plot point in Star Trek Into Darkness.
1: <laughs> uh, spoilers for next week, Ben. Oh, I'll just... I'll forget it by then. I mean, the
3: <laughs> movie is very easy to forget in general. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. Also, spoilers for next week, yeah. but um. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you'll
3: won't remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know that I have anything more to say about Loki other than, like, I, uh, mm. really enjoyed it. And I kind of, I don't know, I want more villains like him, I want to say, but, like, because I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like I, there's not, like, sense besides Thanos, but, like, since, um, uh, shoot, what's his name, Michael B. Jordan in,
1: um, Black Panther, Black Panther,
3: right? um, like, I feel like that's the other most iconic villain, and I don't know that there's any that kind of stack up in the
1: MCU. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of excited for Majors. Um,
3: yeah, absolutely. And I think... Because, he... yeah, the
1: the list of memorable Marvel villains is small. I might put Kurt Russell up there, um, but... Sure,
3: yeah. Ego the yeah. living planet.
1: But that's not on, like, the same level. Sure. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, he's just having fun. And I did like, um, and I can't remember the actor's name. I did like Namor in Black Panther too, but I don't oh. think he was iconic as well he's just well done.
1: Oh yeah, it was a really good take on that character. Um, but yeah, it is very telling that when they put together the Thunderbolts roster, it's like, all oh, right, here's all these kind of boring characters, and yeah, and then ghosts, but. I've heard rumors that she's maybe not actually gonna wind up being in that one. Um Yeah. But with that, we can move on to Skyfall. Um,
0: oh man, what a what a great opening. I finally uh can appreciate that Deadpool 2 parody so much more now.
3: Um I had not put that together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But of course, I mean, like, it, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I... all Bond films kind of have, like, those crazy openings like that, but yeah, Skyfall definitely starts a trend with that that Deadpool 2 is specifically riffing on. Right.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I I do like, man, that is, like, I, when I was watching it, because, like, yeah, like you said, Kenny, they all kind of have this, like, weird... They're kind of, They're just neat. They're neat, and I don't... I feel like if I were to watch them all, I feel like there's not like a cold, hard template of what you have to do. And like, I wonder if like people that are directing these movies ever go like, Oh God, I have to make like the cool opening. But like, how do I, what do I do this time? Like, how do I make it weird and interesting? Like, what is my motif? Um, I wonder if they maybe like, I wonder if someone else does it. Maybe I wonder if they have like a di- outsource like a different person. Cause it's like, it's so, it's just so weird. And just like very, very pretty. Like, I mean, a... I think
1: more pressure is put on the songs themselves, but the openings, yeah, definitely you see a lot of effort put put into those, but, yeah, so, this was a movie, I'll say, the thing I, I do, I enjoy this movie a lot, but it is always really funny to me that the entire point of, like, Daniel Craig coming in this, they're like, okay, we're rebooting Bond, he's less seasoned, he's younger, he's, More of a bruiser. Like, this is, like, kind of resetting his adventures. So they do Casino Royale, and they do Quantum of Solace. And And then, then, Skyfall, the whole thing is like, Bond, you're an old dinosaur!
3: And then (laughs) each of the following two movies continues with, like, do we even need this old man Bond anymore?
1: Yeah. And it's something where you're like well maybe all those other adventures happened but this one is like still introducing key characters like yep. you're like here's money penny here's q yeah just it's yeah i was like yeah
0: i was watching this and i was like because like it feels like this one just has like a lot of like fun nods to like iconic james Bond james bond stuff mm-hmm. and i was like what happened in the previous two movies like i guess it's just like new stuff and just like just sort of like rebooted fun stuff and it's like is there also like a bond james bond in just every movie there's like a the scene where the girl shakes his drink and he's like ah that's the way i like it um uh, actually in car. casino
1: royale i believe it's him like insulting the shaken not stirred martini yeah. Like, I remember that being a big kind of deal. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. They're like, this
1: isn't your granddaddy's bond. He drinks, like, whiskey or something. Just Ooh. Well, he,
3: like, I think it's, like, over the, like, in the first movie, he creates the Vespa. The, like, iconic drink. Oh, um, yeah. In honor of, like, he, like, makes it kind of, like, as a, just, like, a random drink. And then, like, it becomes important to him because of the events of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, uh-huh.
1: basically, Ben, Casino Royale was, yeah, kind of just, here's, like, Scrappy Young Bond, and then Quantum of Solace was, actually, I don't think, I still don't think I've seen that one. It's,
3: it's like, here is, yeah. um...
1: Isn't it, like, a direct sequel, basically? It, it is. Like it,
3: it literally picks up right where, um, Casino Royale lets off, and it is kind of, like, here is traumatized but not seeing it, Bond.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's just a very funny approach to just kind of go in, and I guess it makes sense because in the 2010s it becomes becomes the thing of, well, do we even, do we need, like, spies becomes the source of a lot of spy fiction, where you're like, how do you tell James Bond stories without a Cold War?
3: Sure, yeah. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah answer it's
3: hacking and yeah well and the answer is <laughs> as um mission impossible also discovers is people who used to be spies on your side who are now against you yeah
0: yeah oh Matt. yeah and then yeah like you said this, is, this movie has sort of um it has uh uh javier also like like Loki sort of having like the oh I w- was supposed to get trapped by you moment. Um, also, both of them like in like weird like glass boxes. Uh, yeah, glass boxes at some point, which was funny. Yeah, good um, chance
3: to monologue. Yeah,
0: I also yeah.
1: forgot that it's over an hour before we're actually introduced to him.
3: Yeah, that's like, crazy. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I also, like I like that this movie spoilers. This movie just like starts with Bond just dying um i really like that i think it's super duper neat yeah. um, and
1: you'll love no time to die Spoilers, <laughs> <this. laughs> but there's no time for it
3: there's, there's no so time, the time at all to... yeah
0: <laughs> there was so much time to die in this movie it happened so fast <laughs>
3: yeah and he, I, I do like that he just like stays in turkey like <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah like, he t- yeah, takes he takes a break like uh yeah exactly <laughs> like when when he was dead for a little bit, you know? He just had to live it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Raul Silva, he is an interesting villain in that role. In that basically, he pretty much wins in the end. He mm-hmm. he achieves his objective. He dies, but again, even still, it's like, well, he, he doesn't seem to be that broken up about dying, but like... He gets pretty much what he wants, which is kind of, I think, makes him pretty unique within uh, within a Bond movie. Yeah,
3: yeah, M, yeah, he, yeah, he succeeds, he kills M, and he dies basically at the same time as her, and um, Bond is kind of fundamentally broken by
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> and as much as this one, again, ends with a sub where you're like, and now here's the classic setup, it's a man-M, there's, yeah. There's like Money penny as his secretary, kind of. Even though this whole film is her being like a field agent, and then her going, "Yeah, I don't really like being a field agent. I'll just sit behind this desk." Like, I guess she's like Mallory's uh, secretary. Just you have you have like Ben Wishaw's cue by the end. It is funny that this film is called Skyfall, and it's about his. The name you eventually find out is about kind of Bond's childhood home. So you would assume Bond's past would factor more into that. That's really like the next film.
3: Yeah, that one is oh, like yeah. about that. It's I guess it's more yeah. about like kind of family, I suppose, or parenthood, parenting. Like yeah. in the like Silva's relationship with M is like he is a child begging for the uh, who wanted the approval and the support of a parental figure, didn't get it and is turned against her, or at least that's how he sees it. Um,
0: Much like Kung Fu Panda.
3: Certainly. Yeah. Wow, you're. I mean, <laughs> you're right?
1: <laughs> For someone who claims they don't watch a lot of films,
0: just... <laughs> I do watch two and a half of the Kung Fu Pandas. <laughs> I have not finished I the know, third one I yet. Not <laughs> that.
1: Wow. It would be funny if you hadn't finished the second one. You're like, I just gotta see how this turns out. Like, go hug jumps to the third
2: one.
0: Exactly. I got places to one, be. Three and
2: a half of i <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've seen random one minute clips on YouTube of all of them amounting <laughs> <laughs> to two and a half.
2: <laughs>
0: oh. Yeah, no. Um,. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is, like, the villain in this is, like, very, very neat. Because it's also, like, very different from the other um, Javier nomination that we got for No Country for Old Men. In that, like, yeah, in this one he's a little more, like, a little more, uh, like, out. He's, like, outgoing and stuff. And, like, he's, like, no, he's not, like.
1: He's more emotional.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's not, like, you know, like. Um, like, going completely, like, crazy, like, anything like that. He's definitely, like... um, But it's very, very different from, like, the subdued, very, like, emotionless um, Anton. So that was really neat to see. I I don't... I haven't seen him in a lot of movies, and I'm glad he was in this.
1: Yeah. It's interesting seeing him in this stuff, like, the... Or... Well... This is kind of a period... Yeah, where he is in a lot of, or a lot of movies, like, sort of a Christoph Waltz, where suddenly, like, they're, they, between No Country for Old Men and then this, both sort of really elevate his profile a lot, um, then I'm like, but then what else has he done since, just being the Ricardos? Um, Wow.
0: Lyle Lyle Crocodile.
1: (laughs) Oh right, that was his (laughs) film. Oh, I mean, he was. Yeah,
3: he's in Dune. (laughs) Um, he was in Mother. Yeah. Uh, he was, and uh, like we said, he's of course in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Five, and he's going to be King Triton in the Little Mermaid.
0: Oh yeah. Ooh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, Uh, I have a friend who saw an early cut of that, and I'm trying to remember if he said he was hot. I think is it that like they weirdly give him the same sort of physique, like, or just wow. the same oh. physique, and it's clearly like molded on. Oh,
0: it's gonna look kind of like the kind of like the yeah. genie a little bit, probably. Oh boy,
1: I, that
3: did make my spot. Like, I got a shiver at my spine at the top. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. Oh
0: man, yeah, uh, yeah, I. I really like the I love a good like um home alone style like prepping the house for for intruders like yeah, scenes really it's just yeah it's just like it's just kind of this like huge setup and like really neat um The really neat like environments and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, it's like full blood and violence home alone. It's like (laughs) (laughs) realistic consequences home alone. (laughs) Yeah, so the moment where James
1: Bond like just puts the like should Shaving stuff or aftershave on it's not prepared for it to sting? It's like a- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the scene where
3: he's trying to buy a toothbrush and runs out of the store without purchasing yeah. it.
1: <laughs>
3: what a I'm Trying to get, like, a
1: free pizza just by playing uh. old tape.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I feel like, sorry if I'm retreading old ground, too. Maybe I mentioned this last episode, but I definitely, I definitely thought um, I thought that, uh, Daniel Craig and the guy from, like, Glass Onion and Knives Out was, like, a different guy, mm. and I thought the, I thought the actor was the character's name. <laughs>
3: so, it's I. Ni- <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you thought this was, like, Javier Bardem, <laughs>
3: No, that wait, the Benoit Blanc
1: is the name of the actor in Knives Out. Yeah,
0: exactly I was like, Oh yeah, Benoit Blanc. Plays oh, I thought you were saying that, you were doing yeah.
1: did this again.
0: I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I've been hopefully Daniel Craig is now imprinted in my brain as that guy. It's it's the voice he does. It he feels like a completely different person. Yeah, <laughs> it's <absolutely.
3: hard>.
0: it's, <laughs> it's it's it transports me
3: watch logan lucky and see if you can
0: spot him again <laughs> see if i see if i can pierce him out
3: new
1: accent also <laughs> 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 yeah logan lucky is kind of like a trial run for his knives out accent also mm-hmm. he has the incredible name of joe bang and i think the trailer <laughs> gives him an introducing credit which that, is really funny well yeah that makes sense i mean because he also um
3: Soderbergh also does introducing for Julia Roberts in Ocean's 11. So it's Oh yeah. And then of it's... course and introducing Tess as Julia Roberts in the
1: Thin Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12. Yeah. <laughs> Soderberg loves a good introducing gag. Yeah. They're <laughs> very strong. <laughs> yeah, what else? Uh the bit where he fights a Komodo dragon in school? Just... its very cool.
0: Yeah. Uh... He also leaves his special gun that only he can use in that pit.
3: Yeah, well, he doesn't want to get... I mean, <laughs> it's probably in a Komodo dragon's mouth at that point. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I remember, I think... I I take less notes during these now because I'm just trying... I, just, I usually, because I'm watching them, like, all away from my computer so I don't have, like, two monitors for tabs and stuff like that or, like, on my TV... Um, but I think I did take one note during this movie was that like the island that they take them to is like the most like video game ass looking location I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like the <laughs> abandoned island with like all the disrupted like uh rubble and stuff like that. That's just the that's the thought I have when they arrived there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so do we have anything else to say on Skyfall? Um,
3: I really like his Voice. Um, he's just goes full really deep, very like large in his baritone. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Bardem. Yes, so, yeah. in a very intimidating and like intriguing way. Um, yeah, and also the scene where he takes the like mold out of his mouth, um, and shows how his face melted uh, is that very imprinted, imprinted. Oh yeah, deeply upon me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's like a really good visual. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll say also Judy Dench, who had been playing the character M for a long time, uh, is also very great in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of gives her character dimension before um killing her off, and it is funny that this kind of pulls another Mission Impossible trick where Ray Fiennes' character is like. I don't know about you guys, and then by the end of the movie, he is just fully on board. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, it did. I So, when I saw this movie the last time, this was the first uh, James Bond movie I'd ever seen. Um, so now I've seen the, all of the Brosnan ones and the first uh, a few uh, Connery ones. Um, and I re- was struck by, like, the similarities between this and The World Is Not Enough, which is one that not I mean no one really likes that one because it's one of the later Brosnan ones but in that then it's also about it's about a person who is betrayed by mi6 um, like tricking them and trying to um, destroy them in that case it's like someone who was a victim um, that mi6 failed to rescue uh, doing so but I was like wow I feel like they were like let's do this concept again <laughs> but with you know, uh, uh, Javier Bardem instead of uh, Sophia Marceau. Oh,
1: wow, yeah. I have not seen The World is Not Enough. It's like, well, I guess spoilers
3: I... for The World is Not Enough. Oh, jeez.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get to it some, sometime. I saw All the Moors recently, and I've seen a couple of Conneries, and then On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And then watch... every Craig except Quantum of Solace. Yeah, I
3: the, I think Quantum of Solace, I think if you watch Quantum of Solace right after having seen um, uh, Casino Royale, I think it is a pretty good, like, this is the next act of that movie. Um, but I don't know that it necessarily functions on its own as a movie.
1: Interesting.
3: Um... Yeah, I don't... Um, I don't... I think... the treatment of the character severine i was not a fan of i just like she's a former sex slave who like bond basically seduces effortlessly and has sex with and then she gets killed and it doesn't like she's gone like it's never thought of again um
1: oh yeah So that, that part is yeah it's weird especially in a film that takes such steps to go Oh, look, Money Penny can handle herself now, and she is more than just like a secretary. Yeah. Where to kind of have that stuff with Severine. And then also end with Money Penny going, Yeah, I don't want to do field work, I want to be a secretary. It is where you Yeah, you're like, hmm.
3: it definitely feels like there's a conflict between what they want the movie to be and what Bond movies are structurally. And yeah, they give into the Bond movie structure over like what the man wanted to be.
0: Because I feel like it's also tough because, like, I think there's a lot gain from the impact of like Javier just like shooting and then she's dead and it's yeah. so quick and done. I think that's like, I think it it would have behooved the movie better to maybe do a little more with her beforehand yeah, or maybe absolutely. do a little more with her yeah. after, yeah. but like, yeah, but like, yeah, that. But that on its own, like, I say, like, that was, like, ugh, that, like, that will yeah, be up. Yeah, it
3: definitely, yeah, it definitely, like, establishes Silva's character very quickly. It just, like, at at the expense of having this, yeah. like, entirely underwritten, disposable, woman, like, female character that you, like, yeah. wrote into being a former sex slave that, <laughs> like, it just feels like, yeah, you know, like I said, like, they want to deliver more, but then they... You know, in the, at least in that one aspect. Don't follow through.
1: Yeah, definitely. And on that note, um I think we'll move to another another movie. Yeah. I
2: guess there's not
1: really a really good transition point from like oh, Bonnie's a treat its Women better to the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs>
3: oh, <boy. laughs> yeah, I mean, huh. yeah. I'm, having watched the Dark Knight Rises and Inception in very close proximity to each other, then I I don't know if Christopher Nolan really likes women all that much. <laughs> 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 or at least yeah. if, I don't know if he likes Marion yard all that much, which feels strange for someone who continues yeah. to appear in his movies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I knew that there was two nominees. And the movie's coming to a close, and I'm like, is the other one, like, what's the other one? Who's the other one? Um, I was like, is it, I was like, was one of the, was one of the guys in the suits, the Riddler, and I didn't know it? Yeah, I (laughs) was like (laughs) very
1: concerned when I was listening to nominees, because I knew one was a twist, and I'm like, wait, I'm like, in a hundred (laughs) years, Ben is not going to know who Marion Cotillard is. Just... (laughs) <laughs> it's <good> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah well like i the thing is i remember seeing the word ghoul and i was like oh did like did liam neeson get a nomination for like the hallucination scene he's in for a minute <laughs> is he like in that um yeah uh this i this was a this is a pretty good movie um yeah. i think i still like the dark knight a little more um a but I little think, I more <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like this one it's very it's it's very tough because it's just like uh it's just like if it the thing is that like i i feel like i expect more from these movies so i feel like in the same way that when we watched the Star Wars prequels and I like pretended that they were just like just random sci-fi flicks from like the time they came out. Um I think in the opposite token, if I when I go into the Dark Knight rises, I feel like I expect a lot, and when I don't get that expectation, it ends up like making it feel like a worse movie than I feel like yeah. maybe it is. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's just like I feel like there are aspects about Bane that I like. And then there are things that I think are just, like, I don't know. It's, like, I like I like the idea of, like, because I feel like, you know, Batman does a lot of, like, like fighting, like, punching dudes. And I, I like that there's, like, a villain that, like, can, like, kick his ass. And, like, in a way that, like, no other one can. And, like, not all of your villains can be like that, obviously. Like, yeah. definitely, like, having, like, the mind games of, like, the Joker or, like, the Riddler is super fun, but, like, it's kind of nice having this guy that, like, oh, yeah, Batman just can't just beat up this guy and, like, throw him away somewhere.
1: Yeah, there is a theory about the best Batman villains that all of them kind of, like, mirror him in some way. So, like, the Penguin, for example, in the comics has a lot of money, so it kind of speaks to his wealth. Like, the Riddler speaks to, like, his mind. The Joker speaks to the, like, well, is this some kind of psychosis? And Bane really speaks to kind of his physicality and his fighting ability. I'll say it was very funny kind of returning to this after uh, years of the Harley Quinn take on Bane, which is... (laughs) Well, the voice definitely is very inspired <laughs> yeah. by this film.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, that... <laughs> I like the... Here's the thing. I like the voice, and I kind of hate the voice. I like the voice itself. I don't like how it sounds like it's on top of everything, every scene he's in. I think... So uh,
3: did they have to ADR all of his lines? Like, well, yeah, they must have. I,
0: but, like, I feel yeah. like there's so much work that goes into, like, Foley and, like... like. yeah listen, this isn't, like, a low-budget movie. Sure. Like, make it sound like he's not right behind me watching the movie with me. <laughs> like, it sounds like he's in the room with me making color commentary. Sure. It doesn't sound like he's in any of the scenes Which, like, it just makes it feel like a, it's, like, a little less impactful when, like, that's... It's just, like, it's a small thing. And, like, I wonder if it was just, like... I don't know, maybe they did their best. Maybe it was, like, they were focusing no, on other things. this was an like,
1: intentional, like... Famously, when the IMAX trailer for this movie came out, and just in that the IMAX trailer for The Dark Knight Rises was the bank scene, the IMAX one for this was like the plane scene, everyone's like, um, what's going on with Bane's voice? What's that breathing? We can't understand it and then nolan was like fine i'll fix the sound mixing on it okay like, this is intention sense. to have like a guy uh, whose voice is kind of obscured by a mask and it's hard to make out what he's saying um, I, yeah okay that that makes
3: yeah him. i feel like he's gone further and further both both tom hardy and christopher nolan have pursued playing characters who you cannot fully un- like or having characters that you cannot fully understand what they're saying at any moment <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like T- Tenet, also a film I love and i have seen, I think at this point, three times. But like the first time was definitely where I'm like, um, what's going on with this dialogue? Or, or maybe it was the second time where the dialogue was like harder for me to, to hear, but eventually you kind of just get a, a thing for it. But yeah,
3: yeah, or like, yeah, and Tom Hardy, like <laughs> in Dunkirk, also wears, you know, the kind of oxygen mask while he's in the plane. Uh, and is also has a lot of his dialogue obscured. Um, yeah, yeah. In addition to Mad Max: Fury Road and The Revenant, which are both very muttery performances from him, he just he doesn't really want to be understood. I suppose. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah. So Ben, something that might be interesting, you know, is Evie and I have a friend who works for Variety, and yes. okay. <laughs> around the time when the Batman came out. He may he pitched and was allowed to make a ranking of the Batman villains, which became very controversial, um, for me- many reasons. Not least the not least the which is that he fudgers the Joker was number four, and Bane was number two. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I... with num with number one being Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Um oh huh. and number three being the penguin from batman returns oh, as well that's
0: so. yeah that's like definitely like up, up there
3: I, yeah huh i didn't know the ranking i knew of this controversy and decided that i did not care and would not pay attention to it
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a really good list but his whole i mean he doesn't say oh yeah this is better than uh a, a thing but he, it's like, well, Rises is a hot mess of a movie written with arbitrary plotting and a snowballing cast of characters. But Hardy's Bane single-handedly salvages the film by returning Nolan's rave trilogy to the inherent goofiness of its source material, which it had too often resisted. <laughs> and that every moment he's on screen is a blast, which I'll say, I think this is a good movie. Um, People are very hard on the aspect of this film that is the Dent Act, um the idea that I, eight years has passed, and they have been able to stop crime with, like, a vague thing, which um, on, as another podcast says, oh, it's the crime is the legal law, but I mean, I assume it's some I sort mean...
3: of like, RICO-adjacent kind of law, where it's just like, we can just, like we, or like, we can, like uh, go get around proper due conduct, and we pass this because of the popularity of Medentia yeah. mm-hmm. death. Yeah.
1: My understanding of it is it's essentially, like, much like how, um, with drug law in the United States, how there's, like, mandatory minimum sentences for po- possession, and s- that stuff is problematic, that this is, like, mandatory minimum sentences for involvement with organized crime. It's kind of taking that idea on the Dark night of, well, the top guys will get out, but we can get all the, like, smaller guys off the street... And then just apply that to crime in general. Um. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't have a problem with that, and I, mean, I think, yeah, I kind of saw what you were saying, Ben, is like, I think if you're watching this movie, in are like, f- expecting another The Dark Knight, then you will kind of you'll be disappointed because it doesn't. Like, I mean, I love The Dark Knight. And I think The Dark Knight's one of, one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies, but like, it has. I mean, it is, you know, him doing kind of Michael Mann. (laughs) And it has, like, an energy and a momentum to it that this movie absolutely doesn't have. Uh, But it has other stuff that I also really enjoy when you kind of separate it from following up and expecting uh, uh, something that continues that same, like, tone and same energy and same, like, style. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like
0: this movie is in, like, a weird category where, like, when I think about it, when I think about, like, individual themes, the- scenes, all I can think about is, like, objectively cool shit yeah. that is, like, was awesome. But there j- there was just something about how it all came together that just, like, made it, like, a decent experience. But, yeah. like, yeah, like, the closed-off city with, like, a nuke in it, that's, like, really neat. Like, Batman having to climb out of just this big hole in the ground... <laughs> With a bunch of people just like chanting,
1: yeah, <laughs> like that was just really cool. Oh, um, yeah. I'll say this film has like a weird relationship with the police, but it is objectively very cool to have just like two groups of people running at each other and getting into like a fist fight, which,
2: absolutely,
1: yeah, which I remember like seeing that in the trailers and getting hyped. And I think part of the thing with the Dark Knight Rises is, is as you both have said, it's a sequel to The Dark Knight, it was like one of the most anticipated movies. <laughs> like, of that period, and there is no way it was ever really gonna live up to it, especially when Nolan's like, yeah, but what about all this stuff from Batman Begins? Um, just, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, which becomes kind of relevant again, and also, it's funny, because as much as The Dark Knight, like, at the time, people were like, oh yeah, it ends on this big cliffhanger, Christopher Nolan, there's a point where it's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna do another one. I don't know if I have, like, a story in me at that point like like this wasn't really a plan this was him going yeah I'll put something together and yeah eh. Could he have maybe fought to work out? Wait, where is this prison? Batman goes to? Like, how far away is it? <laughs> like,
3: yeah. I mean, like it yeah. doesn't matter. It's far away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it. It doesn't matter how exactly far away. It doesn't matter where it is. It just matters that it is away from Gotham. Yeah. How much?
0: How much time passed?
3: Uh, I think five months.
0: Five months between like the football stadium scene and like
3: yeah. Yeah, because he's like this will deteriorate in a matter of months. He's yeah. like, you're five or whatever, and then <laughs> yeah, um, uh, and then he gets oh, back man. on the day it's going to. Yeah, uh, man,
0: I feel like you you could. I feel like you could have solved that little problem of like Batman going whatever mystery distance, um, by like, and also I feel like it would help out the story too if like instead of it being like the football stadium, okay, now we're like. 20 hours away from the bomb going off maybe have like little scenes like what maybe it didn't i just wasn't paying attention but like having like one month in yeah Yeah. and like i get and i guess it would be like kind of difficult um i also just like the the twist in this movie is just so like lame (laughs) i agree
3: yeah i like the character of talia a lot yeah um I mean i love i just in in the comics and i think i i think this i like i said before i don't know i don't know that he doesn't like women but i don't think he understands women certainly and he's kind of scared of them
0: yeah and it's like here's here's the thing like listen a twist is not it's not an inherently bad thing yeah but like here's the thing when you have when you have a character that was like friends with the main character and then like twists and then like does it you can have it be that they were just faking being nice the whole time and it didn't mean anything and they're actually the turbo uber devil or you could have if you're gonna do a twist villain i adore it when it's like it's a twist villain, but they're like, they hate, that they're like, I hate, I have to do this right now, but, like, this is the moment where I have to, like, stop being your friend. <laughs> and, like, ha- because I have other goals in mind. Um, it's just, I feel like those are so, I like those so much more than, like, the, turns out I was Satan the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll say, Talia's an interesting case, because, uh, in the comics, and this was a thing where, I'm trying to remember if I had figured out the twist. I think I was suspicious cuz they're like, yeah, the child of Ra's al Ghul Bane. I'm like, no, Ra's al Ghul's child is Talia, who who in the comics is um outside of Catwoman, his other kind of gri- big love interest over the years and kind of the mother of his son Damian Wayne. Yeah. Well, through like weird depending on the continuity, just sure. w- weird cl- clone tech or whatever, and... Or sexual um, assault, depending on... Yeah. 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 As, as Catwoman has become more um popular as Batman's great love in recent years, Talia has become more of just a full-on villain. But I do think trying to present her as maybe a friend and potentially a lover is just to kind of allude to that dynamic, but... Yeah, as you said, it is kind of messy suddenly, when she's like, ah, I'm his daughter. Yeah. Also, there's that whole mystery of the trigger man, which just... It's kind of unnecessary, and only for for the th- the thing of them going, we never said it was a regular citizen, just, <laughs> just that a citizen yeah. had it. <laughs> it's just like...
2: And it yeah.
3: feels like, because Bane is like a he plays by his set of rules Hmm. like that's kind of part of the thing is that like he has his own morality to him and that's why he's creating the system that it feels like rules lawyering that like is completely unnecessary you could just say like don't come in here or we will blow everything up like you don't have to have it that some random person has it like it doesn't it's not necessary yeah
0: like i wonder if like they're like I don't know. Oh, you thought the boat scene was cool? What if the trigger blew up an entire city? <laughs>
3: I, yeah, honestly. Like, it's just, yeah. I mean, it feels yeah. related, certainly, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's. I guess it's. Maybe they had other. Maybe there's other plans for it. Maybe it was, like, supposed to be. Maybe it's, like, supposed to harbor distrust between everybody because, like, maybe you look to your left. Maybe that person has it. I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to do something like that. Um Yeah.
1: But it's hard because you don't get a ton of scenes in there, though I do enjoy that the scenes you do get involves the return of Cillian Murphy as yes. yeah, past best villain nominee as Scarecrow once again.
3: Making him yeah. uh one of... He appears in all three movies. Yeah. Because he's also it's... in whatever the... Not the opening, but the scene after that, the first of uh The Dark Knight. <laughs> I yeah. told you my drugs would take you places. I did say they'd be places or whatever the line is. Yeah. <laughs> the places you'd want re- to go, I think, is what he's. That's what, yeah. It's fun. He's really
1: good. Like, you can tell why Nolan likes him so much. He's just really good at delivering dialogue. Like, the, the thing where he's like, okay, death or exile. They're like, we know the exile is just going to be death. we so will just kill us. They're like, okay, death by exile. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. <laughs>
3: Uh, certainly, and um, let's see, I think I'd forgotten that Juno Temple was in this movie, um, as like um Selena Kyle's best friend, who I I think is very clearly kind of her girlfriend, but I don't know that the movie understands that that's how it's writing these characters. But <laughs> and I may also be biased by the fact that that is literally what they do in the Batman. Um, yeah,
1: because it's not also the same character, or do they use give it a different name? It's, it's Jen, a different just... name,
3: and it's like it's not like directly based on a specific character. Like in, uh, year, uh, or in what is it, Batman in year, year one, when,
1: like Holly is her like
3: it's like almost like a younger sister, but she's like very young in yeah. that.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, and the Batman, Annika is like kind of the equivalent to this, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. and that it uh, makes it even more. That makes it explicit, or, you know, explicitly subtextual, I suppose, <laughs> however you want to phrase that. Yeah. Uh, as
1: explicit as it can get without them actually saying girlfriend. Yes,
3: exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. so I, I had just forgotten that that character was in the movie at all. And I also think, like, <laughs> I think Bane is kind of right. <laughs>
1: You think capitalism is bad, Yes, I think capitalism and the police are
3: negative institutions that should be deconstructed. And (laughs) And so I don't know if that makes him a good villain or if that makes him a bad villain because (laughs) I don't fully perceive him as a villain. And so uh, I've been struggling with that since I watched the movie. It is really
0: tough because it's also like, he also is like about to, he also activates a nuke.
3: That's very. That's also very. <laughs> yeah. True. It's it's like it's like yeah. It's but like it is oh is no, like the
1: actively trading on like Occupy Wall Street right. imagery um, and.
3: But, but yeah, there definitely is an era that this is a part of where it's like pulling on that imagery and that thought of like these are the. I, I'm trying to. Th- there's another movie that I was thinking of that I was comparing it to, but I've now completely forgotten. That also kind of. Uses that same imagery and that same, yeah, line of, uh, it's always yeah.
0: I feel like it's always tough in these movies where it's like, oh no, it's like, Jonathan the child murderer believes in a social safety net.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah,
3: like it's
0: like, listen, I don't, I don't agree with everything he's going on, but (laughs)
1: he's got good policies. I would say, the thing I give credit for this movie to is, uh, taken in total with, like, Batman Begins and the Dark Knight, uh, this is maybe the only piece of Batman media that actively argues that Bruce Wayne does not have to be Batman. Yeah, I like, mean, yeah, I'm trying to think. There are, yeah, certainly, of
3: the movies, absolutely.
1: Of, of the movies, yeah, it, it'd be... In recent years, it has become more of a thing in comics where one of the last kind of major runs on Batman was a whole thing of, can he be Batman and be happy? Yeah, And it concludes on the, like, very, it's just revolutionary thing of, yes, he probably can be happy, and then immediately they kind of have to walk that back. Yeah. Because it's... such a destabilizing idea (laughs) of what if Batman allowed himself happiness but yeah
3: and like my interpretation at least of the Batman is that it's like him learning he doesn't have he shouldn't be a cop he should be a firefighter which isn't which is like kind of an adjacent idea
1: yeah my thing with the Batman I forget if I say this in the episode is. It's kind of like what I like what the Amazing Spider Man does, where it's okay for much of this film. He's like a vigil- vigilante, and this is him learning. Oh, he can be a hero. He can yeah, save absolutely. people. Yeah, like, absolutely. And Which like I guess uh, is yeah, cop or firefighter. Yeah, at
3: least just... in how I perceive of those roles in. <laughs>
1: yeah, because yeah. firefighters never set their own fires.
0: Hey, editor Ben here. Um, our Discord bot left at this point, so for like a couple, like 20 seconds, I have to use Evie's original audio, which was a tad loud, so, warning, warning,
3: Yeah, I, I agree, More uh, like, I, I just, like, Marianne Cotillard is just, I, it's just nothing, mostly. I just feel like she doesn't have a very rounded character, or like, Uh, Yeah. Or, like, why she, I mean, uh, besides being the daughter of Rosalto, like, why is she doing this? Why, like, when Bane is given all of those lines and all of that screen time.
1: Yeah. It is kind of a thing where you're like, you're really rich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What are um, you doing with this stuff? Right. Yeah. It's
3: just, I don't know. I just, like, it's just, like, hard to care about what she's doing when it's just like they are on the same side. It's it's also strange that they are both nominated, when like they are. Like Bane I think outshines her, and it's like they are like allies to each other. They're not like this isn't like two separate like arcs or two separate plot lines in the movie.
1: Yeah, it just kind of wind up doing the Batman and Robin thing where Bane is the henchman. <laughs>
3: yeah, which is yeah, yeah, which is something that also isn't. Like, in his original comic book arc incarnation, then he is the mastermind. Like, that's one of the benefits, is that he is this extremely strong person who also, like, mentally can go toe-to-toe with Batman, and can organize his downfall. But in this, he is more like, he is the goon squad for an ideology that has a separate like mastermind to it.
1: Yeah. Which maybe undermines it a bit, but I do think, like, He's a very fun character like obviously it it was always going to be hard to um follow up the joker yeah but that's why i that's why i do think the voice and all that kind of works cuz it does make the character iconic in a similar way um even if he doesn't get all the great moments of the the joker and you, you know, while he's not the mastermind he is in some comics, yeah. it does kind of correct years of him just being the mindless brute. Because everyone saw Batman and Robin and went, "Oh, that's Bane's deal." Yeah, he's like the Hulk.
3: <laughs> yeah, like he he does, <laughs> and he like his monologues are very intellectualized, and it's like he is not a dumb, he's not dumb muscle certainly. But yeah, um, I also wanted to point out that Joey King is the actress that plays young Talia al when she's escaping from the pit?
1: Oh yeah, the kissing booths Joey King. Yeah, um,
3: which I didn't know until I saw it in the credits and had my mind blown.
1: Future best villain nominee for Bullet Train, only time will tell.
3: <laughs> is that who you would I mean because <laughs> you could j- j- I <laughs> just nominate five people from Bullet Train. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, look, is someone from Bullet Train going to get nominated? I don't know. But, like, they didn't nominate any of the Kissing Booth films, but I think she still has a fan, yeah, That's a fan base that would vote for her on things. Yes.
3: Yeah. well, it's crazy that the Kissing Booth didn't get a Best Kiss nomination for any of the three, like, for the trilogy. Like, not one of those had a good kiss in them <laughs> for this audience.
1: Yeah, like, it <laughs> seems odd, and now that, like, Jacob Elordi's on Euphoria, seems like a big missed opportunity for him, but. Absolutely.
3: Could have established a <laughs> relationship with him. And <laughs> huh. Yeah, I don't know that I have anything else to add about this movie, um, yeah.
1: Joseph Gordon-Levitt's also in oh, it. <laughs> yeah, of course,
3: I completely forgot that he is, <laughs> he's Robin, because his name is Robin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like oh, He's gonna be the next Batman, and his name is Robin. And <laughs>
1: <It's> like... <laughs> that's such a moment where that you was where I understand theater is going, Marvel. "Did we need this? Like, we no. get it." You, just... <laughs> I
3: think you could have. He could have just been named John. Bl- like, you didn't need to add the Robin part. Like, we would get it if you just like <laughs> see him getting into the Batcave. And you're like, all right, he's like someone's gonna continue on the legacy. Like, he didn't need to be named Robin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, but with that, we can probably move on to our fourth and last film uh, Django Unchained.
3: Django Unchained, the one nominee this year that I hadn't yeah. seen before.
0: Oh, yeah. What'd you think of it? I liked
3: it.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I really enjoyed it. It's. It's a dang it's a dang good movie like i I think we've had to watch it at least this is our second time around at least,
1: yeah, this is um, our second big series
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well I't was there a sandwich in there was...
1: <laughs> oh, oh, so
3: like uh Washington and Fox, their kiss gets nominated, okay,
0: yeah, I remember looking really the kiss, but you yeah, know, um, yeah, I think i I talked about it a little bit. Um, last week because we watched The Help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's like I think I was talking to my friend Ian about it because like I think the thing about The Help is that like it's a movie about like you know like you know racial issues, but like half of the white characters are like the good ones that like oh no I'm actually like really really nice to everybody.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, and then like I like this movie because this movie really only has like one. And it's Christoph Waltz. And I feel like he's earned it after being, like, the most evil Nazi in *Inglorious Fasters. Yeah. I feel like he gets to be the the one nice white guy in yeah. in the slavery movie. Like, right. I feel like he gets, he's, he's, out, already, out. I think, I think he gets it. You know, I feel like you have to balance it out at the very least. Right.
2: Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: uh, yeah, okay. no. It is an interesting run of things where we talked about the help last week. This week we're talking Django Unchained, and then next week we'll be talking 12 Years a Slave. Um, Just really uh, people yeah.
3: trying to yeah, I guess, yeah, early 2010s, trying to reckon yeah. with America, Southern America, like America's history of racism in the South.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. 12 Years a Slave I think gets a bit of an edge in how it talks about those issues. Uh, despite absolutely being the hardest of those three to watch, to the point where I had seen that movie once, and I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to... Great movie, never going to see this again. And then this podcast came up, I'm like, well, here we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it does get the edge by being directed by Steve McQueen, and not, like, a white guy. <laughs> sure, certainly.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: And, like, I, I've, I've yet to see it, but I assume... Like, I feel like, yeah, the help and this movie, like... I think I I went over it a couple times like last episode. But yeah, they more they more are using this using like racial issues as like a proxy to tell a different kind of story. Um, yeah. Or I feel like Twelve Years of Slaves probably being a little more tasteful.
3: Yeah. Um, but yeah, this I is, just think
0: yeah, yeah. I think was, this one just ends up being way more fun than the Help. So sure. I sure
3: yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah this, is, <laughs> this yeah. is a western that is set in like the uh slave South pull off as opposed to like being a, about that functionally
0: yeah exactly like it doesn't really like it doesn't like say anything like about it it's more just yeah the backdrop in the same way that like Inglorious Bastards was just using World War 2 as like a as a prop to do this kind of goofy action movie
1: yeah it's yeah it's Tarantino getting to like do his love of spaghetti westerns um and especially yeah and revenge films and yeah i'll i'll say definitely this time and let's get like we dance around or, or it when this came out with the best kiss we don't do much into it uh i will say the one thing i told me is like leonardo dicaprio where i'm like oh right I forgot how much of his dialogue is just, like, slurs or setting up slurs. Like, yeah, just... absolutely.
3: It is it is a lot. It is, like, most of, I think most of his lines have the N-word in them.
1: Yeah. And, like, in 12 Years a Slave, which I just, um, will talk about, obviously that word comes up a fair bit, too. But that one, you're like, yeah, it's the context. I kind of get it and this one you're like after a while you're like okay quentin we can call tone this down oh yeah no
3: joyousness almost of like look at how terrible these people are look at them using it over and over and over again aren't they terrible people
0: it's one of those things where like yeah i feel like when i watched this it was like okay it's a bit excessive but you know what like that's like it's it's the setting, it's the characters. And then I watched, like, Reservoir Dogs, where they also use a bunch of slurs, but it's just they're using them, and it is, like, the context is, what, that it was a couple decades ago, maybe? Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
0: and it's like, okay, I think Quentin might just, you know, yeah. yeah. want to be a little edgy. Writer of
1: True Romance, which famously has Christopher Walken, like, just...
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, doing going a whole slur-filled yeah.
1: yeah. So... It is a thing, I'll say, it does kind of add to, sh- certainly, the villainousness of the character, where you're like, yeah, I hate this guy, but...
0: Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Leo is doing such a good job at being bad and, like, horrible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it is... I also
1: forgot that there's 40 minutes of the movie left after he gets killed. Like, what...
0: yeah. yeah. No, after, like, yeah, after, like, yeah, like one of our one of our protagonists are and, and one of our antagonists dies <laughs> like yeah. just the rest of this, yeah there's like 40 minutes of movie left and then you get to hear quentin tarantino's horrible australian, australian accent. accent yeah <laughs> i don't even know if it's i'm trying to think is it even that bad i don't know i don't, I don't know. know i couldn't <laughs> tell you I, like <laughs> it's, it it's of one of those things thing. it's just like I yeah have, i feel like <laughs> I've i definitely so much seven. yeah sorry sorry <laughs> no go on um yeah, I think I, I think I mentioned this last time we got over this movie, but like in my head I'm like, did Quentin Tarantino like try to do like a Western accent, but like he just couldn't do it? So he's like, No, they're gonna be Australian like people now. That's just what they're gonna be be, because that's the accent I can do.
3: Yeah, or he tried he tried to go southern and it ended up Australian. He's like, Well, guess we're all yeah. Australian now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I yeah, I've certainly tried to do accents and just ended up completely different. I ended up, I've done, uh, oftentimes when I try to do an Australian accent and I end up at South African. Um, <laughs> oh no, yeah, that happens. Imagine <laughs> a similar thing happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, this like, this movie is just like, yeah, it's just like really well made and fun. I love the music. Um, yeah, I just like, yeah, Christoph. I'm glad we got to watch... I've gotten to watch so much Christoph Waltz over the past he's couple right. things. Like, he's just such a yeah. good actor. He's and like the like yeah,
1: Woody Harrelson of villain movies. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of is,
0: yeah. Yeah, and Jamie Foxx just doing just, like, a really good job for, like, a character that like doesn't talk much in, like, the most of the movie. He kind of gets, like, more lines, like, near the end and stuff like that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But just, like, yeah, he just has, like, he's able to have such, like, a nice cold stare and, like, when he has to pretend to be, like a, like, a black slaver and just be, like, he has to bring out, like, kind of, a, like, a really horrible side of him. Um, he's able to pull off that, like, really well. I remember I saw yeah. a clip recently of him singing the beginning of uh, digger and I'm like, oh my gosh, he can sing, like, so well. Like, what a neat little thing. And then I realized he is just the person that does that in yeah. the actual song, well, too. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that at all. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, well,
3: it's him <laughs> doing his... Um... Ray Charles, <laughs> because of him being in uh, the movie Ray, Ray. oh, then oh. so he just has that voice, and so then he just was like, just did it in a... the song. Wow,
1: yeah. that's amazing!
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'll say this is a film where obviously you're given, like, obviously Leo's getting the nod, but if they had like gone the route of okay, it's Samuel L. Jackson. I'd have been fine with that. Cause, yeah,
3: he's almost a more yeah. insidious character. And a more complicated yeah. one, certainly.
1: Yeah, as someone who is, like, complicit, who's on, like, the side of, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and, yeah, absolutely. And really, like, and it makes sense that, because, like, DiCaprio, like, dies, but it makes sense that the final confrontation is between, like, Django and Steven at the house <laughs> yeah oh,
3: absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it yeah, and like I liked so I liked DiCaprio's performance, but like it wasn't particularly stand out. like I think like Django, like Fox and Waltz um and Jackson are all doing, I think really great performances, and like DiCaprio's good, but it's like I wouldn't have picked him out to nominate him for this.
1: Yeah, yeah. It kind of just feels that because the movie was so big, and because Leonardo DiCaprio still has kind of that movie star sheen, where you're like, "Oh, sure," you can kind of see it. But it's like he is sort of the weaker link between the lead performances. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Like, and it's like it—it feels a little bit like this is just him, (laughs) like he's not phoning it in. He's just giving, like, a Leonardo DiCaprio as a Southern Slaver performance. Like, he's, there's nothing, like, special about this performance, uh, if that makes sense.
0: I would say, except for the... I think I think the reason that maybe it stands out specifically, especially for, like, a villain category, I think it all, like, hinges... I think it's, like, the skull scene. I Which I is just agree. insane. That's like, a, yeah, like, I think I totally agree with you, because, like, yeah. Sorry. But, like, yeah... Oh sorry. Go no, on. you go on. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, because like I agree that like, yeah, for like most of the movie he is like play not only is he a little more like dialed back, but he's also like playing a part he's like playing across from like everyone else doing like amazing. <laughs> um, so he definitely like he feels like he's like the what, like the seventh, sixth best best actor in the movie or something. It's like it's hard when you got so much like talent in the movie
3: yeah yeah i think that there's the skull scene absolutely and i I hadn't really accounted for that and i think that that definitely is insane and there's also the like incest subtext going on between him and his character's sister that is (laughs) baffling and his beautiful sister (laughs) (laughs) he kisses on the mouth (laughs) Like I think, huh. I, I think those like, like for those, yeah, absolutely. For those two things, a lot of should get a villain nomination for it just being like, what, <laughs> sure. This is like, not a like a, a like the weak link in these performances, but it's also like, there's crazy stuff going on here, and this needs to be <laughs> exposed as <to this> villainy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I
0: mean, like in a perfect world, we would probably like maybe cut out, you know, Talia Al Ghul's nomination and give it to, like, Samuel as well. (laughs) Like, that would make more sense as, like, the double nomination for this, like, this year of movies. Yeah,
3: because they're also, like, they are in this allied, but they are serving different roles within the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And different, like, both thematic and character roles.
1: I mean, uh, I'll say this though. Like, well, I guess now it's gotten better, but there is a whole period of several years where, just like, of best villain, where women were not getting nominated at all. And, yeah, that's, so...
3: yeah, that's absolutely fair. I'm sure if you yeah. look at the movies from 2012, you can find
1: <laughs> a woman to yeah. get
3: nominated in place of, uh, yeah
1: i'm like what was is... yeah what was out in yeah, give it to dakota fanning and breaking on part two she does fighting or something just yeah oh now i'm looking i'm like wait they could have just give it to russell crowe and lay miz They got us own a woman but i'm like i'd really like to see that Just <laughs> <Sure. Cool. laughs> talk about lay miz in the movie yeah mm-hmm.
3: hunger games also i feel like a missed nomination. Uh. I mean, I guess snow doesn't really do much in the first uh, Hunger Games, but I just... that is coming
1: up next year.
3: Ah, uh, there you
1: go. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you'll see the thing, but uh, Joe, stay tuned for the end of this episode for me to announce the most eclectic list of nominees like in this entire series. <laughs> just...
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's so weird because like I feel like we go from like one week. Like this week of like things like I recognize all the names, I've seen half of these. Yeah. And then to a week where I've seen nothing from next week except for like I think one of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We go from all those things of me lamenting, oh, this is the blockbuster ace, this is where they're all kind of boring to stuff like the next couple of years where I'm like, Wait, huh? Like could have nominated Whatcha?
3: Eva Green in Dark Shadows.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
3: I, I will I, say I suppose. <laughs> That's... Yeah,
1: and then I'd have to watch Dark Shadows. It's not
3: the worst Tim Burton movie.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: it was like, how how kind am I gonna be in this movie? It got slowly worse yeah. as the sentence went on. Yeah.
1: Uh anyways, uh does anyone have anything else to say on Django or can we go on to ranking these films?
0: Um uh-huh. Yeah, I think Uh every once in a while when I'm just driving in the car, I'll just go Django! Like the song. I like that part. That's my, uh, you know.
3: That's fun. It's very fun. I mean, the whole movie is. Yeah,
1: I'll say this watch did kind of cement it for me, where I'm like, okay, it'll never be my favorite Tarantino-like you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or in Glorious Bastards, like, I'll never kind of have that level of love for it, but it is something where I'm like, oh yeah, this is just really entertaining and fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So with that, we can go on to yeah, yeah. our rankings of the films. Um, who Ooh. would like to start?
0: Oh, uh, I can go. Um, so for my list, um, at the bottom here's the thing is that these all are like really good movies but i think at the bottom i do have uh the dark knight rises um you know just like i feel like again it's like individual amazing cool like just generally cool stuff that just didn't come together super great for me and then above that i do have skyfall i feel like maybe it would go up a little more if i had seen literally any other daniel craig james bond movie but i feel like as like a first one i really enjoyed it um so like it didn't i feel like i didn't need anything else which like i think props to it that and then for my top two it's really tough i like both these movies a lot um but i do think i am gonna put um avengers and then Django at the very top, um, I really like the Avengers, um, but I think there's just something special about Django like being this experience that like you don't need anything else for, whereas like Avengers is like fun um, and like a just really like neat thing, but um, I feel like it's something that like if you watched enough times, um there would probably be only like nostalgia left, which like isn't a bad thing, but Yeah, but like, yeah, again, these are all, this was like, as much as this was like, they're blockbusters for like, some reason, um, and that like, they're all like, pretty, like, very entertaining.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Only entertaining films get to be blockbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah, Evie, what are your rankings like?
3: Yeah, I, mine is very similar. Um, Dark Knight Rises... Um, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I remembered, but it's still, like, there are a lot of uh, weaknesses to it. And then Skyfall. Um, and then um, which it's, it's like, it, I, as much as I enjoy it, as much as it is always going to be my first Bond, I do like I've, I really like all of the Craig Bonds, and I really like all the Brosnan Bonds, so it's like having those as comparison points to be like this isn't the only James Bond movie that I've seen Um, that kind of makes it less unique and special because obviously there's other James Bond movies. Um, And then Django Unchained. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed, um, you know, great hoot and holler revenge. Um, It's always something I enjoy in movies. And then uh, the first top. Uh, is the Avengers, which is just like, you know, it's a defining movie of my lifetime. So I enjoyed it a lot. It it's holds up. It's uh, you know, I'll probably end up watching it the most of all of these movies over the course of my life.
1: Cool. Yeah. So for my and for mine, um, again. All really good movies, Dark Knight Rises probably at the bottom. Like, I do enjoy it. It is definitely very messy and does not cohes as well as Batman Begins or The Dark Knight, but you know, it is what it is. And then, above that, uh, probably Django Unchained. Just, you know, I'll, I'll never like love, love, love the, this movie, but it is very fun and stylish and has a lot of great performances in it and just yeah great great movie and then for those top 2 i yeah i am going to say um Sky, skyfall on 2 with the avengers kind of above it like skyfall was something where just i remember really loving it at the time in theaters and as time's going on, it hasn't really diminished, but, yeah, as I become a bit more familiar with Bond, and as I've seen what's now, like, my favorite of the Craig Bonds, which is, like, No Time to Die, is where I watch this, I'm like, yeah, this is cool, I like all the stuff it introduces, but... The Avengers is just kind of those things where it's undeniable, and as much as I'm like, I wish they had learned the right lessons from this in going forward, I think it really does just kind of bring these characters together well and is just like just a lot of fun and i was really glad i got to kind of like revisit it for this uh but how did the villains stack up
0: yeah so for the villains um very similarly, actually. Uh, I think at the bottom, we do have Ghoul. Uh, very unfortunate. Um, you know, it, it sucks. You're a woman in a Christopher Nolan film. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not your fault. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh... Just now imagining the Good Hunting scene.
3: It's not your <laughs> fault. Yeah, <laughs> but just with all the <laughs> women that have starred in <laughs> Christopher Nolan <laughs> <adult> movies. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> not your fault. Shut <laughs> up, man. It's going down the line. Oh. <laughs> <doing> good- <laughs> <laughs> Florence Pugh soon to join the lineup. <laughs> um, very excited to actually... That one home. is doomed
1: by history. Well, yes. <laughs> I
3: mean, but it's like, he chose this story, and then the female, like the female lead of this story is someone that fits within the, like,
1: christopher nolan
3: canon of female characters very cleanly
1: yeah i'll say i think tenet is a bit better for it than some some people do but yeah. that one is like debatable and interstellar but yeah it, sure yeah there, there's it is undeniably different. a problem with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um yeah and then uh after that i feel like all these next four get really close but um i think right above that is bane um, I think he's like, it's weird. Cause like, I think he's, he's kind of neat. I think he says like interesting things and he's also like really goofy. And I feel like, and I feel like those, those are kind of like a little far away from each other. And like, that can be really neat. And like, if it's done super well, and I feel like it is a bit clunky though. Um, and then right in the middle, uh, I do have, uh, Raul. We have a couple of ools on this list. Um, yeah, just another amazing um RVR performance. Like I think it's just he's again, his voice, lovely. And then for my top two, um, I do have sort of uh Calvin with Loki like right above. I feel like Loki is just just so like fun, um, like we said earlier, just like the kind of swagger he has in that one scene with like the cane um yeah and just like i just he's and sort of like the mind games he plays a little bit like on the actual like um on the ship it's just he's just fun and like i'm it's weird is that like i feel like he was a character i was worried about like i feel like the more i saw him the less i was gonna enjoy um but like i really enjoyed i like i i think loki like i really have enjoyed watching loki um, despite me not finishing the last episode in like probably over half a year now, um, it's just it's it's because I know when I finish it, I'm gonna have to move on to the next one. Um,
1: you might want to <laughs> watch it before Quantum Mania.
0: That's what saying. I. That's what I think. I think I feel like I remember hearing something. Um, I'll definitely. Yeah, whenever I like, I here's the thing: is that like before I think before Infinity War and before End Game, I did. I did do just like a clean sweep where I just spent a night and like I want to do that but st- some of these are TV shows now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um well, but I'll th- yeah. yeah. Many of the TV shows I think get are better than some people. Oh say. yeah. Like But even
0: yeah, even if even if they're like good, that's just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think you I could don't watch have my What watch what?
1: You don't have to really oh, match Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Weirdly enough, that's
0: uh, the one I... What If is the one I finished. Like, I finished What If, I finished Wandavision. Almost done Loki. I think after that I'm going to do Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then I might just try and go
1: chronologically after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Evie, how's your villain? Yeah,
3: up? Um, so I... My ranking Um. at the bottom... Yeah, also Uh. Miranda Tate, Talia oh, cool. Um. Yeah, just not given much to do. Uh, and then above that is uh, Calvin Candy, um, which despite, you know, the craziness of the, as you mentioned, the skull scene, which I just forgot about, and then now I'm still just mentally dealing with, um, <laughs> I just, like, it didn't inspire, like, uh, excitement within me the same way that uh, the others three above him did. Um, and with Raul Silva as my number three. Um, yeah, just a very menacing, very unique performance in terms of Bond villains. Uh, my number 2 of off-brainer, which I put in all caps in my little list as I was ranking them uh, because it felt right. Um, who I just... I remember just being very silly, but I really enjoyed him this time. He is silly, but in an enjoyable way. And then my number one's Loki, which is just, like, great performance, great character. I don't think any other movie does the character as well afterwards, and I think that, like, trying to redeem him and not really knowing what to do uh, continually kind of undermines the character. And I haven't seen Loki, but I am curious about that one, seeing as how it's not the same Loki that ends up it's you know timelines and whatnot, but yeah.
1: Cool. Um, yeah. At the bottom, yeah. Miranda Tate Talia Al Ghul. Like it's, she's trying. I think there is potential there for them to do something interesting, but as you said, it is really undermined by being like a late film twist villain. Um, then. Above that, uh, yeah, I think this is pretty almost identical to, like, Eevee's ranking. I got, like, yeah, DiCaprio above that for, yeah, that, like, Calvin, like, as you said, just kind of, or as we've said earlier, sort of the weakest of the lead performances in there, but not, still really good, just not quite as compelling as some stuff above them. And then above that is uh, Skyfall. Like, you gotta give props up to Silva for just winning. Kills him, gets what he wants, and Bardem does a really good job, but then above that, yeah. Bane is a character, as I said, it is impressive that Tom Hardy is able to come in and make, if not like, as great a performance as Ledger, something that I think has had similar kind of cultural staying power. If only for just how silly that voice is. And you gotta give props, but... Yeah, yeah Loki. What's what's there to say? If the Joker is one of like, the kind of iconic villains of the thousands, I think Loki in this one specifically is sort of one of the iconic villains of the tens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And, yeah, you gotta give props up to it. Like, it is kind of another thing of, well, yeah, of course the fandom was going to vote for Loki, but sometimes the fandom is right on the money with this one. This isn't a Tom Felton in Deathly Hollows Part 1 situation. Um,
3: yes, I also I agreed with your assessment on that, that I don't think he should have been nominated. I think him winning for, uh, whatever, for uh, Half-Blood Prince, I think, is... Right, and then he shouldn't have been nominated for any of the other movies, uh period, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that one is like, okay, you're just pandering at this point yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, so that about does it for best villain twenty thirteen. We have now come to recommendation of the week, uh Ben or Evie, who is ready for this
3: uh, I'm not ready for this
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have
3: a, we
0: i <laughs> no i I am ready uh you know um my recommendation of the week um is something that i did uh my recommendation is to um, buy a shelf or like uh like plastic containers for your room uh i have a lot of stuff in my room and it was i only had one shelf and it was a pain trying to fit like everything on it And I was like, I should just go buy another shelf. And then I also bought a couple containers just to hold a bunch of stuff. And I feel so much better in my room. I feel like I know where, I feel like I have so much more space. So my recommendation is to buy things that hold things. Um, Yeah, it's also, it's mainly, the main instigator was that I, when I, on my trip to Victoria, I was able to purchase a PlayStation 2 for like 30 bucks. So naturally, I bought just like a bunch of games and I was like, I have no place to hold any of these. (laughs) Um, So I bought like Like, a couple. What do I
1: do? (laughs) I know. I'll throw them out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I was so upset because there's a game called uh, Hulk Total Destruction. That's my second recommendation is that PS2 game Uh, or it's like Ultimate Destruction. It's so fun i don't know yeah. They, yeah i don't know if you've ever played like the prototype yeah, I played that
1: for gamecube back i played yeah. Hulk ultimate destruction for gamecube way back when
0: yeah i have the case but i opened it up and no disc but luckily it was like 20 bucks on ebay so that's coming in so i'm excited that game is so fun and you can be uh was like fix it joe you can find that skin lying around somewhere joe fix it joe fix it yeah It's just a gray Hulk in like a suit and like a little like hat.
1: Oh, of course,
3: yeah, Joe fixed it. I love it. -It. I love it. Yeah, gangster Hulk. (laughs) Hulk, It's so awesome. Another
1: persona, and he is a gangster. (laughs) (laughs) He's a 1930s gangster. (laughs) It's it's really great. (laughs) Yeah. And then he yeah. becomes like a rather poignant part of the recent Immortal Hulk thing where it's like, it's a Joe Fixer persona, but now he's just in Banner's body the whole time, but he oh, talks no. like Joe <laughs> Fixit. That's, that's
3: really great. I love, I love, yeah, I love, like, just here's like a wacky new version of the Hulk that we're going to put, yeah. like, Banner's just, his mind is just <laughs> putting another one in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, there's also the Immortal Hulk, like, they did a thing where like the title would always be on the last page, and usually it would punctuate like whatever, like whatever mark it ended on, and it's something where like they're like, "Oh, now now we go out the Hulk," because like it's it's sunlight over, because it's a period where you can only really be Hulk at night. They're like, "Like oh, we got you now, Banner," and then it's just something going, "It's like I'm not Banner," and the title's like, "Call me Joe," and it's something where I'm like, "Oh well, yeah, like <laughs> great period." Um,
3: That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, My recommendation is uh, the band Pom Pom Squad and especially their album Death of a Cheerleader um, just uh, discovered them uh, when a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, made me a playlist for my birthday that included one of their songs on it. Um, that I like heard the song, I heard uh, Head Cheerleader and instantly fell in love and I've listened to the whole album and that song especially um many times in the month since then. Um, And wholeheartedly recommend it to everyone. Um, You should check him out.
1: Ooh. I should listen to that as part of my ongoing thing to listen to more music that I I don't typically listen to in 2023. Um, Cool. So my recommendation is for the movie Missing. Um, It is technically a sequel to another film called Searching technically, and that is set in the same universe, and there is references to it, and part of the movie's structure is kind of dependent on using searching, but it's also completely different characters. Um, it is a screen life movie, which means the whole thing is kind of done through computer screens, like, searching was the same way, and while, well, yeah, and... But it's, like, really good. It has just some really good performances from uh, Storm Reed and... Naya Long, and just, just, you know, it's kind of a fun thriller mystery. It's about this girl who, her mom goes to Columbia with her boyfriend, and then suddenly they both kind of disappear, and it's her trying to figure that out. And it's, Searching, another film I, like, wholeheartedly recommend is, like, an interesting mystery film that is telling, ultimately, a really grounded story, um... Whereas missing its story gets into kind of lifetime original film territory apart, but <laughs> it pulls it off with what I argue is like aplomb, and just handles some some twists and the like. It is technically a lot of like product placement for like Apple products and other things like Tas Rabbit, but it it works because you're like well. They're, they're just trying to be real and in the real world we use brand names so um sure yeah but but yeah great great movie um joaquin de almeida is maybe might make my supporting performance list for that year for his role as javier who is a task rabbit guy in Colombia, who's just really fun whenever he pops up um but yeah see missing also see searching if you haven't seen that just Great films, lots of fun, and yeah, I've... Evie, thanks so much for being on. Um, Do you have anything you want to plug at this time? Um,
3: No, I don't. I got rid of the Twitter that I plugged last time. Well, it technically is still up, but I don't use it, Um, so you can follow it, but you won't see me tweeting on it, so I don't have anything to plug, and I'm not anywhere that I want you to find me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. That's good, because if anyone wants to find you, they have to listen to this episode again and again.
3: Absolutely. If, if I want yeah. you to find me, I'll find you.
1: <laughs> uh, ben, what do you got?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I have my my Twitter uh, that you can find on my link tree, with also everything else. Uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash G-H-A-K-K-E-R. And that has literally everything I've ever been on. Except my Tumblr, maybe my Tumblr. I have no
1: clue. Cool. Um, and yeah, as always, you can find me on Twitter at like a Wolverine. You can find me on Letterbox also at like a Wolverine. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod. You can find us on Instagram, which I am. I was really good at updating it for like an episode, and then we went on hiatus for several months again. Um, so. I'll try and get back into that. You can email us at pastthegoldanpockporn at gmail.com. Um, our theme song is done by Matt Samard. Our artwork is by Ben. We are on Friendly Mush. There are fun podcasts there. And, yeah, all that's left is to talk about what's coming up next. So, as promised, for Best Villain 2014, the nominees are... um. Barkad Obdi, Captain Phillips. Benedict Cumberbatch, Star Trek, Into Darkness. Michael Fassbender, Twelve Years a Slave. Donald Sutherland, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. And the winner, Mila Kunis, Oz, The Great and Powerful. Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Is Ascadelia? Is my right in that name? <laughs>
1: Theodora. Theodora. Um, what am I thinking of? Because, sorry. <laughs> you might be thinking of one of the other characters. In, Wait, I think I am um, thinking of
3: the yes, the miniseries Tin Man, wherein. Show the West is named as Cadelia.
1: Yeah, it, it's a really fun. Like, um, I am one of the few people who think. Odds the Graham Powerful is a good movie. It's a very funny nomination to win. Um, as someone who thinks that Mila Kunis is kind of like one of the weaker points of that film, but yeah, yeah. it's also funny because like Into Darkness, Twelve Years a Slave, and Catching Fire all came up, which left the winner just a complete surprise.
3: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I I'm sure it'll be interesting to talk about. So good luck.
1: <laughs> yeah our first of two back-to-back witch winners kind of the season of the witch for the podcast Ooh, The between this her. one and then Meryl Streep I'm just... oh of course
3: <laughs> of yeah. course yeah I mean you know you should listen to some Donovan and or Lana Del Rey depending on um <laughs> which version of season of the witch you want to listen to yeah
1: and Yeah, Evie, thanks for coming on again, and somehow this four-movie episode became almost as long as when we had six movies last time. Yeah, and (laughs) I didn't have
3: my, like, impassioned uh, monologues about um, BDSM culture and abuse in um, Fifty Shades of Grey or queerbaiting in uh, Pitch Perfect.
1: Yeah, we didn't even dive into the fandom as much as I thought we were going to.
3: Like, I, I was prepared to. I, I, it just didn't end up uh, going that way.
1: Yeah, but it's just a very fun episode. Um, I, I think, like... So, f- thanks for coming on. Obviously, come back anytime for, you know, wherever we go next after this. Um, And, as always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe if you like it. That's what I forgot to say before and <laughs> just keep passing that golden popcorn and just remember um, let the sky fall, sky let, fall, it fall let it
2: crawl
1: we'll stand tall we'll take it all I was all prepared for this I'm like wait I remember more <laughs> of this when I did but we not <laughs> talk about Adele enough That's yeah, just sure. remember that She's great. great song oh, great yeah. performer
0: yeah wonderful just a wonderful song you know the, that yeah that being said i do long. i really do love the celine dion uh song they got for the deadpool parody
1: opening that i do one, like that, that song very, too. it's that one's very ashes good. i love it yeah yeah so yeah just remember we did not talk about it all enough this episode uh goodbye exactly. everybody bye, bye. <laughs>